0: Ladies and gentlemen, the prosecution is not going to get that man today, no, because I'm going to get him.
1: Welcome to this edition of the Hagman Report. It is a Tuesday edition. It's January 9th, 20, 2018. I almost said 2017. How many people are still writing uh, 2017 on their checks?
2: Hmm.
1: It's always fun to do, right, to have to change that. Anyway, uh, we have a great show lined up for you tonight. We've got uh, our number two. Hagman Report favorite, Coach Dave and America's coach, I like to call him. And then our number three, uh, Stan Dale, is coming back. He's feeling better. So what great news. I want to thank everyone for uh, sending your concerns by email to Stan, and uh, thank you for that. So we've got a full, full lineup for you this evening. By the way, if you haven't had a chance to look at last night's show, do so. The Jerome Corsi. 20-minute, 20, 20 26-minute interview is up as well by itself. Now, uh, are the other two, Joe, are the other two interviews up? Uh, no. Okay. No. All right. Th- they those will be, be up shortly. Um, before the show's over. All right. Um, so so this is all good. So tonight's going to be a, a, an information-packed show. Uh, I want to just real quick open up with this. I, I had it right here, and I'm, I'm not sure if I, had, I, I I might have left it in my office, but earlier today, Senator Dianne Feinstein uh, saw fit to post the three hundred and twelve-page transcript of Glenn Simpson, the words of Glenn Simpson in the uh, as as he was interviewed by the um, by the uh, committee, and th- this to me, and, and I, I have a video. As soon as this show is over, the video will, will be posted. It's five minutes long, but this. If you want an example or an exhibit of exactly what is taking place, the, the deep state, the way they play, or the way they, the rules that they do not follow, this is it. This is an act of desperation. As a matter of fact, in my view, Diane Feinstein should be held in contempt because her actions are contemptible. She should be, um, uh, she should be uh, uh, charged with impeding an investigation. Think about, think of it this way. Okay, and and maybe you don't... Do do you folks know what what I'm referring to? Glenn Simpson was brought in to testify
2: under oath in camera. Not under oath. According to the transcript that I'm reading... That's right, okay. There was no swearing in. Page nine. Page 9? Page 9. Mr. Simpson, you should understand that although the interview is not under oath by law, you are required to answer questions from Congress. Truthfully. Okay. Do you understand that? Well, all right.
1: Uh, And my apologies for that. You know, I'll tell you, we're dealing with so much information. This is incredible. Nonetheless, 312 pages, August 22nd, 2017, uh, testimony by Glenn Simpson of Fusion GPS. There's a couple of notable items there. One, of course, there's a reference to a murder having been committed because of the dossier, the steel dossier. All right, put that aside for a moment. As I'll, that's, and no, I don't believe it has to do with Seth Rich. That doesn't fit. The other interesting point is that there there's references to an internal source within the Donald Trump campaign. Very interesting there. Yet that's not even the half of it. Put that aside for a moment. Here's my problem. Any investigator, when they have suspects or they're talking with suspects, what do you do with the suspects if you've got multiple suspects? You separate them, you put them in separate rooms. You don't interview them together. When you go, when, when you watch or, or when you are a witness to a trial, in a criminal or civil trial, let's talk about criminal trial, and, and you're slated to, to provide witness testimony, you don't get to sit in a courtroom. To listen to other witnesses testify, why not? Well, there's a reason for that. So you you don't so you're unable to listen to what the other witness says and conform your testimony to what the other witness says. The same thing with the investigator the investigators or detectives putting suspects in different rooms. You don't want the the testimony to be contaminated. What Diane Feinstein did, in my opinion. In my professional opinion was intentionally contaminate this investigation through her actions, contrary and in direct opposition to the efforts of Devin Newness and others. This is absolutely the des, an act of desperation by the members of the deep state. And in my view, it should be viewed and, and handled as such. This is, a, and, and that's, and the, the walls are closing in. Around the members of the deep state, the walls are closing in on the Department of Justice. The, the people who have been in there and supported the uh, deep state members, like Hillary Clinton, um, and to a lesser extent Sanders, the walls are closing in on Hillary Clinton herself, on Huma Abedin. The walls are closing in on uh, Susan Rice, for example. The walls are closing in. Donald Trump is responsible for that, directly responsible for that. And the snowflakes, the liberals, the progressives, the mentally ill, they're having a fit. They're, they're just, they, they can't deal with that. So history, we are witnessing historic events take place today, but this to me is unforgivable. And this is an in the words of, in, in investigative or detective parlance. She's attempting to, to uh, turn the investigation sideways, and, and detectives know what that means. But to contaminate the witnesses, to contaminate the testimony, to allow others to prepare and be consistent with Simpson's uh, testimony—think about this—and this is Diane Feinstein
2: reading through some of the documents that were released. Just to go through uh, what some of the info that i found already, uh, this from page 20, question. Has Fusion GPS ever provided information to journalists in order to encourage them to publish articles or air stories that further your client's interest? Yes. And has Fusion GPS for, provided information to journalists or editors in order to discourage them from publishing or airing stories that are contrary to your client's interest? And that's not a yes or no answer. He says, well... We're a research company, so generally what we do is provide people with factual information. If the information that a reporter's, uh, presuming is incorrect and we give them correct information, they may, that may cause them to rewrite the story. And then there's uh, a lot more. I've Gotta get to this other page here. Um, but this is very interesting. Some of the information is redacted, like the employees' names of Fusion GPS. Um, but there is a lot of information here and, and you're right. You don't, you know, open you don't give a a witness, you know, the police files of a case before they go testify. And this is exactly what Diane Feinstein did, leading many to call for an obstru- is this obstruction of justice. Page sixty three. He uh is asked who was behind Them looking, who initially tagged, called them to work on the dossier. They say, we cannot answer that question, uh, because it is privileged. And then it goes on, they go on to ask, it has been publicly reported that, um, in September or October of 2015, the, there were people with ties to the Republicans. Were they the ones that asked you to do the dossier? We cannot talk about client identities. I mean, there's other interesting exchanges in here that we're not going to get into. But it does raise a lot of questions with uh, what is really going on with this investigation and did Diane Feinstein have the authority uh, to do this. There were complaints from Fusion GPS that Republican lawmakers were only leaking uh, statements that made them look bad, and they were pushing for the release of the testimony uh, for a while now. And it looks like they have got their way through Dianne Feinstein. Now, is this a case of Dianne Feinstein knows there's so much problem here? She's trying to throw herself on the grenade in order to to stop further investigation or or to stop the investigation from moving any further. I think it's much more malicious than that, Joe. I really believe that this is a desperate attack uh, uh,
1: tactic, and I think it's much more malicious. I, I think that 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 if you notice the timing the interview the um, uh, the testimony was taken august 22nd of 2017 Why today you have to ask yourself why and i and I believe now I have not had time today to go over the three hundred twelve pages I will by morning I could tell you this it 's a uh, quick read for how many pages right but it's it reflects what ten hours of testimony. Okay. However, um, and of course, it's got the obligatory redactions in there. However, I, this is not. Um, the, people should not take this lightly, in my view. This is an act of desperation, but this is also an overt act, in my view, of uh, attempting to to really to to um, to sideline or to sideline the investigation, or to to contaminate the investigation.
2: Yeah, and, you know, what's interesting is that, um, reading from what CNBC has published as some of the highlights of that testimony, um, Simpson swears that what, what he reported in the dossier is, is truthful to the best of his knowledge, uh, which is, is laughable. And we know, um, what, well, what's going on with Christopher Steele? Are, are they, I read that somewhere that they're possibly pursuing criminal charges against him. I don't know if you heard anything about that, uh, but I saw that mentioned somewhere. I couldn't tell you where. I think that was either last night or today. But the possibility of him being brought up on some kind of charges uh, was was thrown out there, and I thought that was kind of interesting, but I couldn't they tell would, you why.
1: They, they would reference, um, the, the committees would reference, or I'm sorry, would refer to the Department of Justice a, a criminal uh, filing recommendation but what we need to do here in all of this what we're seeing is is the Department of Justice and the FBI well the the Department sorry the Department of Justice needs to uh, provide the avenue for the FBI to uh, have a subpoena power because I think you go back in time and I had mentioned this last night um, during last night's show the for example the Hillary email in the Hillary um, and Bill Clinton Foundation being under investigation that that's all fine well and good Obama said fine go ahead and investigate that and the Lynch Department of Justice did just that and was doing that the an investigation into the Clinton Foundation for example began in in 2015 before October 2015 think of this time now and when asked, and I, and I attempted to, to lay this timeline out last night, uh, when asked in, I believe it was October 2016 or August of 2016, CNN denied. In fact, they came around and said, no, there's no investigation yeah. yet taking place. And, of course, this is after Fox News reported on it, the Wall Street Journal had uh, reported on it. CNN said, no such investigation. Now, but, but the problem with this is that the uh, Obama lynch department of justice failed to provide the uh the fbi and the failed to authorize for example the impaneling of a grand jury which is necessary in, necessary in order to compel witness testimony the, the, so it was all for show maybe that's what it was so it was it, it it was total it was totally bogus from from the beginning now that Donald Trump is is in office and people are saying, well, Donald Trump is, is you know, con- conducting or having uh, conducted this new investigation. No, no, Obama was conducting the investigation or Obama's Justice Department, such as it was. All Donald Trump is doing is instructing, in some cases, circumventing uh, Jeff Sessions. And this is important for people to understand. What he is doing is kind of circumventing the, uh, Justice Department in the case of, and, and, these are overlapping cases. You, you have, on one end you've got, and, this is complex. You've got the, the, uh, Hillary Clinton email investigation, and then you've got the, the Hillary and Bill Clinton foundation investigation. And there's overlap there, uh, and, and the different committees. And then of course, in addition to the, those two, you've got the uranium one, which is a subset of the, of the foundation, it's, uh, criminal activity, in my opinion. So what all Donald Trump has done is in some cases circumvented uh, the Sessions Department of Justice and instructed through the Department of Justice, now it's kind of hard to follow but you get my drift, the the, uh, FBI field offices via the Department of Justice to conduct the investigation. So you've got five field offices right now that have, since Donald Trump has been in office, have conducted interviews with witnesses. Five. Five uh, of the FBI field offices and agents from the field offices conducting uh, uh, interviews of witnesses with respect to the foundation and also Uranium One, but that being a subset of the foundation. So what you've got is uh, not a new investigation, but a renewed investigation, under the proper rules. And I I do suspect that you're going to see, and Huma should be, as I said earlier, Huma Abedin should be one worried person. In my view, she should be absolutely worried because why? She served as the gatekeeper and the conduit for the Clinton Foundation and the Department of State. Imagine being the person that hooks up, the that provides the access to Hillary Clinton while managing the donors. It's absolutely incredible how, the, how this is working out. So Huma Abedin, in my view, is in the crosshairs of the real investigation in this case. And this is so important. We are witnessing history, in my view. And I do believe Huma Abedin, hey, maybe uh, she could have a uh, conjugal visit in the cell with uh, Anthony Weiner. Oh, wait a minute. It's probably not her his preference. She's just a beard for him. Um, or maybe not. Um, but that aside... So
2: go ahead. All right. Well, um, there's a, a whole bunch of, of directions we can go out. I'd urge everybody to go to HagmanReport.com. Uh, Peter Chowka has a new article up there, How the Anti-Trump Resistance Pumps Up NB, MSNBC's Ratings. And this article gets into how MSNBC has uh, taken over the ratings of Fox News and CNN, and it gets into you know, the psychology of why that is, and I would urge everybody again to go to Hagman Report <clears throat> and read Peter Barry Chowka's article. And it, it is, uh, I heard Savage talking about this, I think, yesterday. The anti-Trump media is a business model. And this g- is going to get into a little bit of what we see with Oprah. You know, we, we mentioned it you know, jokingly yesterday that the news media and the entertainment world is all heaping praise on Oprah after her Golden Globe speech. And why is it that they're so willing and ready <clears throat> to throw her name in the ring as to run against Donald Trump in 2020? Well, there are a couple reasons. One, the Democratic Party has no leadership. They have no front runner, no candidate. So they are literally grasping at straws and, and trying to promote any and everybody who is popular, who they think has an appeal to the people, uh, who has an anti-Trump message. Now, this is the only message that Oprah has. Uh, really, she has no, uh, in the left in general, they have no arguments. They have no new ideas. They have no, uh, policy suggestions. They, their only ideology is a emotionally fueled social justice warrior, uh, ideology and hating Trump. They stand for nothing except illegal immigration and anti-conservative. Uh, ideals, and they are lost. So, when you see somebody uh, who is popular, and and think about this, think of the the hypocrisy of the the left wing media. When Donald Trump was running for president, all he was was just a a billionaire reality TV star who had no uh, experience, no. Uh, he was the worst candidate. Hillary Clinton was the, the most qualified candidate. Donald Trump was the worst presidential candidate every uh, ever in history. And they base that on his lack of accomplishments and his lack of experience in the political world. Well, now they're turning around and and touting Oprah, who has even more of a lack of political experience, I would say, who is a TV star herself and a a billionaire, just like Trump was. But they get behind her because of her anti-Trump, you know, Me Too message. And I would urge everybody to go to Ben Shapiro's site, Daily Wire, and read what he has posted and written about Oprah. And why she would be a terrible presidential candidate?
1: Well, if you remember, remember when Obama uh, first came in office, and, and people were saying, "Oh, he's going to give me a free phone. He's going to pay my mortgage yeah. for me." Uh, I wonder if, if if those same people are saying, "Hey, we
2: can get a free car." Didn't she give away free cars to her audience? But see, yeah. this is—I don't even believe anybody thinks that at this point. It's just this anti-Trump hysteria. And anybody, I mean, everybody's gonna, on the left is gonna get behind a candidate who uses that as their platform. It's self-destruction at its best watching this happen. It would be, you know, one thing if they had a, a candidate who had ideas, who had, uh, an agenda, who had plans, you know, I wanna do this, 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 and this. They're only, they're only, the only thing they can talk about right now is how terrible Donald Trump is. And they're never gonna regain a foothold of, of power if they don't get off that, that and, talking and,
1: point. Yeah, and, and I'm telling you, this is really an extension of this. Or I think you're correct. What we're seeing with, with Oprah is an extension, though, of, as you said, the anti-Donald Trump hysteria, which is just absolutely, uh, it, it's incredible. But I also believe, and it's also... The uh, Oprah thing is, to me, also the uh, symptomatic of, as you said, lack of leadership and lack of a good, uh, a good solid candidate. But I think they're going to uh, roll out people like Kamala Harris, and and others, yeah. and they represent truly a dangerous. Uh, I don't I don't I don't think if progressives can get, get behind Oprah Winfrey. But I no. do believe they can get behind a Kamala Harris or others in that same, um, that same kind of, uh, whatever you want to call it, that, that same political ideology.
2: It's funny, uh, upstairs, Renee, uh, earlier when we were talking, she said the arrogance of the celebrities like Oprah who say that or who think that we all embrace what they say because there's an echo chamber in Hollywood and the people who are basically uh celebrity worshipers uh, you know you see them on twitter and you know always sucking up to the celebrities and we see this mentality there where and we see this on tv and in the political world we see it with the the uh, homosexual agenda where you get a 1 to 2% minority setting policy and setting uh believing that their way is the right way and the only way and we see this with with oprah and uh I really find it hard to believe that she thinks that, you know, all of America would get behind her. But today on, on CBS, uh, I don't know the, the lady's name who hosts the CBS morning show, but apparently she's best friends with Oprah. And she was asked this morning if she believes Oprah's going to run or wanted to run. And she said, no, that, that, you know, while the, it was very flattering, she had no interest in running for president, but that's neither here nor there. This just speaks to the, the mindset of the left and the direction of their party, they are literally lost without, without a leader. And until they find that leader, they're going to continue to be lost. And with the midterm elections coming up and 2020 right around the corner, they are uh, scrambling to find that person, but they're, they're only going to continue to find uh, the anti-Trump talking points unless they again roll out somebody with a plan. And part of this plan was leaked in a memo from the Center for, American Pro- uh, Center for American Progress leaked memo, Dreamers are critical to Democrats' future electoral success. The Center for American Progress Action Fund circulated a memo on Monday calling illegal immigrants brought here at a young age, so-called Dreamers, a critical component to the Democratic Party's future electoral success. The memo, co-authored by Clinton Communications Director Jennifer Palmieri, was sent around to allies calling on Democrats to refuse to offer any Republican spending bills that do not offer a fix for dreamers and instead appropriate funds to deport them well the memo also goes on to say that uh, that the fight to protect dreamers is not only a moral imperative it is also a critical component to the Democratic Party's future electoral success now why is it why do they say that uh, dreamers in in people they're trying to bring here and that are illegal aliens that they're trying to gain citizenship for are their hope for success it's because they've alienated alienated the middle class americans completely white men conservatives um, you know everybody's racist everybody's uh, xenophobic everybody's so hateful they're alienating all of the hard working american citizens so what do they have to do they have to, they only have big cities, they don't have middle America, so they're trying to, you know, bring people in, in order to, uh, try to pad the stats on their votes. Cause can they turn around and reach out to middle America and give a message that resonates with them to the point where they will vote for the left? At this point, no, they've made enemies of everybody and have isolated, uh, just about everybody. Except minorities, except immigrants. Which, so now they need to bring is, more in in that's order right. to win elections. That's right. and, and they say and so yep. in this memo. Yep.
1: And when we, on the other side of this, on the other side of the break, we're going to be talking, I, I want to mention. If you haven't heard about the Atlantic Council, this is a group I think that that needs research that that people need to look into. The Atlantic Council is one of the groups behind the anti trump anti donald trump ideology and the Mueller investigation and If you look closely and if you do a deep dive into the um, um into the various people. Involved in the, well, involved in all of the criminal, uh, potential criminal activity. I can't say for sure, for certain criminal activity. One of the individuals, of course, is, um what's her first name? It's Evelyn Farkas, who's a senior fellow, Atlantic Council and former, uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Russia, Ukraine, and Eurasia. It's interesting, this Atlantic Council, um the, the connections and the influence that this Atlantic Council has to that, the, the, what Joe is talking about, and the anti-Donald Trump sentiment, anti-President Trump sentiment, and, and the roles that they play, um even now in the Mueller investigation, this, this witch hunt that has no basis. Evelyn Farkas actually uh, in my morning show, I talked about this. We'll hit this on the other side, but I, Evelyn Farkas actually made a stunning admission on MSNBC, I believe it was, uh, with respect to the uh, Mueller investigation. Folks, we're going right to back. You're listening to the Hagman Report. Stay right where you're at. Back to this edition of the Hagman Report. News is coming out fast and furious about the treasonous activity, in my view, the treason, uh, treasonous activity of the uh, various people in, uh, that represent the comprise of the deep state, including but not limited to Diane Feinstein, uh, Feinstein on the inside of the investigation. And, of course, uh, flipping the investigation sideways, it's absolutely incredible what we're seeing. The war that's taking place. The, the shadow government, the permanent state is at war with the patriots and against Donald Trump. Now, uh, there's so much more to get into, including, uh, the, the so-called illegal, uh, alien amnesty, uh, the DACA talks. But before we do, I, I want to tell you the Hagman household now has, is a 100% Casper mattress Hagman household. From the king size to the twin beds for the grandchildren to the queen size for the guests, 100% Casper mattress, and we love it. When we have people stay, for example, at our home, they invariably they always ask, what kind of mattress is that? That's fantastic. Folks, Casper.com. You know, by the way, Casper.com forward slash Hagman. This is what you need to remember, casper.com forward slash Hagman. I've got to tell you, I've never had a better night's sleep than on a Casper mattress. When we go away for conferences, I find myself always longing to come back, and part of that is for Casper mattresses. Lady, our studio dog, loves to sleep on a Casper mattress. As a matter of fact, Casper mattresses, they sell pet beds. They are so popular. But just ask Lady. And Theo her adopted little brother. They sleep on Casper mattresses. You know, Casper products are cleverly designed to mimic human curves, providing supportive comfort for all body styles. And think about this. You spend one-third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable. Now, the experts at Casper work tirelessly to make a quality sleep service that cradles your natural shape, your natural form and geometry in all the right places. And my wife is perhaps one of the most discriminating about her, where, you know, the mattress upon which she sleeps. Casper is her favorite as well. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with just the right amounts of both sink and bounce. And it, it's a breathable design. It helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. Casper mattresses, they've got over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars across Casper, Amazon, Google. Casper is becoming the internet's favorite mattress. Now, do not fall for anyone else. Casper is in my view, the best of the best. And and you know what? They've got affordable prices because Casper cuts, well, they cut out the middleman and sell directly to you. And they've got hassle-free returns if you're not completely satisfied. And I love their delivery. If, if you've ever gotten a Casper mattress or have seen one delivered, it comes to you in this small, how did they do that size box? Oh, it's so fun to unbox and the, we, we had the best of time unboxing it and they give you a little, little tool. To, it's just fantastic. They have free shipping and returns in the U.S. and Canada. Now folks, listen, you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100 night risk free sleep on a trial. Isn't that great? A 100-night risk-free sleep on a trial. If you don't like it, you can return it. And again, we own Casper Mattresses across our household, and we absolutely love it. Take my word for it. Now, how do you how do you get the, the deals, the best of deals offered by Casper Mattress? Go to Casper.com slash Hagman and use promo code Hagman at checkout. Now terms and conditions apply. But do it, do this today. Go to casper.com slash hagman and use the promo code hagman at checkout. And don't forget, they've got an array of, uh, pillows and, and, and again, pet beds. Treat your pet, if nothing else, treat your pet to a Casper mattress, but treat yourself as well. That's com forward slash hagman. And, uh, again, uh, it's, it's the, the best sleep I've had is on a Casper mattress. Alright, so yeah, the the news is coming fast and furious, and I like to use that phrase, fast and furious. How many people have forgotten about that now? Yeah. You know, and you know what I'd like to hear too? I'd like to hear from, from people what in order of importance, because, and, and Joe, tell me if you're getting this as well. We should move on. Oh, you shouldn't be talking about uh, you you should you shouldn't be devoting your time on the crimes of the Clintons, because they're out of office. So why bother? You shouldn't be devoting your time on on uh, on Uranium One. It's over and it's debunked. I love that. Yeah. It, well, it's debunked by Snopes. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you don't don't forget the nine member panel of CFI has debunked that, and they prior You know, they they approved this uh, Uranium One deal. What's that all about? When you understand what's going on, you can understand that it was
2: rigged to begin with. One of the things about Snopes debunking the Uranium One scandal is they don't say the Uranium One deal is false; they dispute what percentage of the uranium was sold to the Russians. Whereas uh, many say one fifth, they say no, 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 it wasn't one fifth. You know, it was this. So your claim—it was twenty percent, not right. <laughs> right. So your claim is false. But absolutely, we should continue to talk about these things because by letting stuff like this go is how we got to where we are in the first place exactly and to let the i mean it would be be one thing let's say if it was if if the clintons or the obamas were involved in let's say you know one minor political scandal where there wasn't really intention behind it it was just like a, a, a blunder but this was the pattern of behavior for eight years of this administration. And for subsequent departments right. under that administration. From Eric Holder's contempt of Congress to the, to the, uh, fast and furious, like you said, to the Middle East policy that destroyed the Middle East and Hillary Clinton right in there at the State Department when all this happened. On top of that, the, the, the stuff at the periphery that was going on, the pay to play scandals. The Clinton Foundation siphoning billions of dollars. Okay, so the, stop, stop right there. I, I don't mean to take you off your stride, but the pay to play, I don't think people understand.
1: The Supreme money Court. Money for access, money for information access and, right. and but, privilege. But, and, but think about this, and this kind of contextualizes the, the Clinton Foundation. The Supreme Court had ruled, uh, that uh, by a nine to zero margin for, on pay to play, uh, in the case of Blumen versus the Federal Election Commission. The Supreme Court ruled that um you that foreign interests cannot- uh uh pay or cannot contribute or donate to political officials' mm-hmm. campaigns, so what the Clintons did was they created this foundation Now a foreigner can donate to the foundation and from there or or even pay for speeches. Which is what happened. So this is the reason, and I don't know how many. I, I think I think we take it for granted that that the um, that, that a lot of people really understand what happened. So this is the reason we saw that the Bill Clinton's fees for his speeches uh, rise so uh, exponentially during Hillary Clinton's tenure as Secretary of State, because. Well, we can't contribute to your political campaign for your presidency run in either '08 or 16, but we can, uh, pay you a half a million dollars for a 30 or 60 minute speech or 750,000 in the cases of, of, both Russia and, uh, I, I don't recall the other foreign country, or half a million and 750,000 respectively. So this is how it worked, and then the donations to the foreign contributions to the uh, foundation, which served as a clearinghouse. And by the way, the um, the two tests, as I mentioned yesterday, the operational test and the organizational test, Clinton Foundation fails both. Now, Joe, go ahead. You were on a roll there. You mentioned well, the pay-to-play. You mentioned
2: uh, the access. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it would be one thing if it was just... Uh you know, a one-time scandal that was unintentional, and uh, but but even everything that we just mentioned—the pay-to-play, uh, the Clinton Foundation, the Uranium One—look at the email case. Lives and, and national security were put at risk, and was done so in a very criminal way, with criminal intent. Despite what James Comey said, and this speaks to multiple failures in the—I uh, guess you'd call—the security of our information. When she put that private email server to do State Department business in her bathroom, she put the lives of so many people in danger. She put the national security interests of our country in danger. She put classified information in danger, and she did did so recklessly. And if nothing else, she should at least, at the very least, be held accountable for that. I mean, and and also the pay-to-play as head of the State Department, because that's, right. that's completely unacceptable to basically enrich yourself uh with monetary gain by selling access because of the job you hold, and she That's held right. a, a very high position
1: and, and she and everyone who has that job and and there are four point eight million people with uh, uh some level of of secret or classified uh clearances all right so at that level she would know or should have known. The, what was classified and what wasn't. And the story, of course, well, some of this was classified retroactively. In other words, uh, what was on the server wasn't clo wasn't marked classified until later and then it was marked classified. But that doesn't matter because what was on that server should have been reading the contents and the, uh, um, uh, the to and from and, and the subject matter. It's, it is on the burden of Hillary Clinton. It's on the burden of those with the clearances to understand what's classified and what isn't. And with the news and we, we owe a debt of gratitude to Judicial Watch, uh, for everything they've done, what they've exposed, and they're fighting actually, uh, the Justice Department's refusal to provide documents which is incredible especially under Donald Trump so you can tell that these state operatives are still there they had to fight to get some of the most recent emails uh, released to them and they found on Wiener's laptop at least 18 highly I mean the Mm -hmm. the highest level classified documents on Anthony Wiener's laptop now
2: and then we're supposed to believe it's you know uh, Donald Trump and Donald Trump a right wing conspiracy in Russia you know, who, who are the real boogeymen here by putting information out, um, you know, from the DNC and, and other hackable information that was recovered, uh, from her servers. But no, no concern. And this was one of the common themes of, you know, her book, What Happened? Blaming any and everybody else for her election loss. But never, never once did she take credit for the mistakes she's made and the crimes she's committed. Not that we expect her to do that. And talked about the jeopardy she put her own campaign in. For the actions that she had committed And to let her walk off into the sunset You know, with a bag full of other people's money Would be I mean, it's just continuing to add to This pattern of criminal behavior We see at the top levels If nobody's ever held accountable What consequences are going to scare people away From committing Acts it like this in the future, and where's the justice for? Right, uh, uh, w- but w- Christian Saucier, who
1: was on our program, mentioned by Donald Trump, mentioned by Sean Hannity, he was imprisoned for a year. He lost everything. Mm-hmm. Remember when we had him on, folks? Christian for a picture,
2: for taking a picture right. of a submarine, a, a nuclear submarine that he was working on. Yeah, yeah, he was aboard, and and what, he was. Uh, I he guess threw the a, a phone away. If somebody fished the phone out of right. the garbage. And, uh, somehow figured out it was a, a secret submarine, took it to a Navy commander. Long story short, he was imprisoned and his career was ruined. No intention of, of, you know, sharing classified information there. Was he reckless and wrong in taking the pictures? Probably but it's not like he dis- the disseminated those photographs. But he had yeah, no see. intent. Exactly. The intent wasn't there. We can't prove intent. Exactly. But see, we know that intent uh, excuses garbage because right. Hillary Clinton was exonerated before the investigation ever even started, from James Comey to Peter Strauch to Andrew McCabe, and then not only that, they turned around and made up stories to go after Donald Trump. And this is where we are today. So if we don't hold these people accountable if we don't explain to the american people what happened and how it happened and how it's been fixed then we've wasted a a golden opportunity to take some of the lawlessness out of the top places of power in this country and it's just exactly
1: you know joe i don't know if i told you this um i think it was this weekend it was over the weekend I think it was Sunday maybe. I was speaking with Judy McLeod from the editor and founder of Canada Free Press. We talked for quite a long time and uh, folks, if you get a chance, just send her an email. Uh, they're doing a great job, canadafreepress.com. Send her an email, just say, hi, heard you, heard you, uh, you know, heard Doug talking about you on uh, on the Hagman Report, but we were talking and she we we were both commiserating I suppose. not not really. But saying, isn't it amazing um the, the amount of information that, that we're dealing with and just the just the issues you just referenced, the level of war, I mean the the, uh, the fight that in which we're engaged. So we talked for about an hour about this. And I, I think that perhaps we are living in one of the most serious times in, in our in our lives. Do you think, Joe? Do you think that there will be a revolution in this country? Do you think that there will be, not a civil war, but a revolution, or do you think it's already beginning? It's so we're already in one. Just as like for example, Q, uh whatever, whatever you think of the postings, I don't, I don't care, or whatever you think of Q, I don't care. But the, but some of the postings that the storm is upon us. We're in the storm. Do you think we're in the storm? Do you think that we're
2: in the at, at the uh, at the start of a revolution? Well, Yes and no, we can be, uh, or, or we could let the opportunity go to waste. And I would r- urge everybody to check out, uh, Daniel List, the dark journalist video he did with, uh, Dr. Joseph Farrell on this Q phenomenon because he makes some really good points in there. But, you know, it, it depends on, on what you're looking at as far as a revolution. Are we in a revolution as far as, um, what we see with the, the, uh, exposure of the criminality of uh, what we saw from the left and the Obama administration and this, you know, Donald Trump getting elected over Hillary Clinton and actually seeing some, you know, American principles and constitutional principles being followed and, and re-implemented. Yes, we are. But the problem with the Q narrative is, you know, he's le- leaving these clues and telling people to sit back and watch. We need to be more engaged than sitting back and watching.
1: And that's a good point. But I think, you, whatever the, again, regardless of what There's you... The revolution we have to make it happen. We can't sit back and one way. That's it. it and so how do we do that? For example, you and I, how do we make that happen?
2: Well, we continue, continue to do what we're doing. Bringing, we expose, right? Bringing, uh, you know, doing our the investigations, retaining the information and, and breaking it down in a way that we can understand it and others can understand it, and continuing to try to uh, remove some of that confusion and and manipulation from the mainstream media when they report on these issues. And that's just a part of it. I mean, that's one part of it. But that's what we can do in the here and now. And, and, you know, I would urge everyone to, let's not
1: forget about uh, the largest spy ring in Congress, the Awan criminal cabal. And, And let's not forget about that because uh and many people think well it's just one person and it was just one or two uh, cases of mortgage fraud you know Imran Awan and his wife Hina Alvi but there's more than that there's Abid Hawan or Awan there's Imran of course Jamal Awan Muhammad Awan um Omar Awan, and I could go on. So, so there's a whole, whole spy ring in Congress. The reason I mention that, and I don't want to go into detail here now, uh, but you've got these Pakistani nationals who were operating within the, uh, within Congress, making you, you, me, if you're listening to this in the United States, we were paying their salaries which were two and a half and three times the average norm for IT and, uh, personnel. But we were paying their salaries to the tune of some six million dollars over the course of twelve and a half, almost thirteen years. Compliments of the latest, of course, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. But the Awans worked for 80 different Democratic congressmen and at the end of the day walking away with $6 million but the issue there is not about one or two instances of mortgage fraud it is about what? It's about the transfer of information terabytes of information from the congressional individuals the the congressmen uh, and congressional committees three top congressional committees to a server in Pakistan to a server uh, outside of the confines of the uh, capital you talk about Unsecured servers, Joe. There's one. Don't forget uh, as well. In addition to that, don't forget about pedogate and pizza gate. Now, this is where, when we start talking about this, oh my goodness, does the uh, pig squeal? Because uh, no one wants to talk about this. And certainly, even some of the self-professed Christians on the right are saying, well, that's just BS. It, it amazes me. It, and, and, you know, I, I it almost seems like I'm picking on Christians. I'm picking on conservative Christians. No, I just hold them to a higher standard. They should know better. So when I see a self-professed conservative Christian, or a self-professed conservative, say that Pizzagate, or Pedogate, or Pizzagate in general, is fake news, what are we to think? That's what I want to know. What is are, we, is it malicious intent that, that they're attempting to derail the conversation
2: about? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And that's why the word, uh, we, we talked about this a little bit on our Patreon, um, uh, meeting on Sunday. I would just completely abandon the word Pizzagate. Oh, yeah. But, but, but see, when you do that, people have to understand, it
1: could, kind of like, uh, uh, chemtrails. You mentioned chemtrails. People's, people say, oh, you're, you're an idiot. And, uh, of course, we, we had on, uh, Dane Wigington there's actually a
2: whole science behind chemtrails now but yeah right I mean, it, it, same effect
1: w- w- now what's what, what are we, instead of chemtrails what do we call it do you remember what Dane Wigington said no Folks, do you remember it, don't call it chemtrails in fact I'm going to leave that question out there uh, I do have the chat open I wonder how many I wonder do we have anyone that that knows what we should call or instead of using the word chemtrails uh, let's see if pe- somebody's got it. Well, while you're looking for that, well, certain words. Go ahead.
2: We've seen. Uh, geoengineering, thank you. Okay, geoengineering. Well, I mean, it but see, that's non-specific because chemtrails is a specific subsection of geoengineering or claimed to be. So, well, yeah, I mean, but, it's the same difference, I guess. But, you know, one of the things when we're talking uh about words and words like Pizzagate and, and chemtrails, the same thing applies to what the left has done with, with these words. We know when they, they're applying, you know, racism to somebody, they have, their definition of racism is obviously much different than the legal definition of racism, and has lost all its meaning. But with, with Pizzagate, we've seen such an attack on that word, and on that, uh, on that pizza shop, such that, you know, the mainstream media bent over backwards to debunk it, that I think, you know, we talked about a pedal gate. These are the the kind of battles that we're going to continue to face moving forward. They're obviously trying to delegitimize and marginalize any and everything associated with uh you know the pedophilia and the elites it, it's no
1: problem yeah and it's you know it's difficult to discuss isn't it because it's such
2: a uh, uh wow, you talk about stirring into the abyss they lose all the control i mean this is their their tool of blackmail That's so true. by admitting it. First and foremost, they admit that it, it does happen and it is a big problem. So they don't even go that far, but then they, they lose their tool of blackmail if they come out and say, well, yes, this is real. And these are the people involved because they lose all their leverage and control within those groups. If they are using, uh, you know, the, the sexual deviance of people over their head in order to, uh, I guess, uh, use these people in ways that they want or handle them, uh, however you want to say that, but we have to, I guess reorganize and and be smart about moving forward, in how we are, um, how effective we are being at not only getting the message across, but activating other people, to see the truth and to and to get the message out and to take action themselves, and that's going to be a yeah. big difference as far as you know the revol. Are we on the verge of a revolution? Well, we can be. But I, I think it we be should. A positive I, but, thing.
1: I would like to see an active revolution in this country. And by that I mean, okay, so now I'm going to get the Secret Service at my door, right? Um, No, what I'm saying is I think the revolution starts with each one of us and our commitment to, to truth and our commitment to action. And we have to put truth to action. And we have to start changing the minds and in informing others. We have to get off the couch and we have to get away from the computer screen or television, and to really be part of the movement—the Make It a Great, Make America Great Again movement—and to recognize that American, recognize American exceptionalism. Yeah, I, look, I, 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 do you have a problem, Joe, with um, American exceptionalism? And as a Christian, as a, and as a conservative, to, to. Uh, believe that America is
2: exceptional? Now, I understand. We have abortion. No. We have all that. Do we think Christianity is exceptional in in religion compared to Buddhism and well, Islam? Well, yeah, I mean, okay. of course. Well, then what's wrong with having... Well, because uh, that's the, idolatry,
1: some would no, say. I, or that's there, the there you know. is.
2: If you're... Now, you can have idolatry as your belief in the country. It depends on what you put first and foremost if you put your country over over god and over the scriptures then yes that's idolatry.
1: Well okay but but you know no one is talking about the worshiping of a flag or right. the worshiping of a country or the worshiping of a president. If you are you need some help. But you're right. You you're exactly right. Before that before the end of the uh before we hit the top of the hour coach Dave Dalmar is coming up but folks I, I, I do us a favor please if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channels, would you do us a favor and please subscribe? We are getting close up to the 100,000 uh, subscriber mark. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something. When you look at back-end statistics, the numbers of the back-end of our channel, it, look, the suppression of our numbers is absolutely incredible. And and we see it in real time. Eric, the tech, sees it in real time. And uh, uh, we know that if if... For example, what you see is in live listens, we know it's being suppressed. What you see in the subscribers is being, so please, subscribe or, and tell others to subscribe. Yeah. Uh, please. Please do that for us. Go ahead, Joe.
2: When we come back, we'll be joined by Coach Dave. One piece of information we didn't get to that I wanted to hit on. Um, Palestinian, Palestinian Authority paid terrorists over $347 million in 2017. Now, that's relevant because of what we have seen with Trump making comments about the money That we give in aid to Palestine potentially being cut because of their lack of respect for Israel and for us. But we're going to talk about this uh, maybe tomorrow if we have some time. We'll get into this because this is really important. When we come back, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer will be our guest. Don't go anywhere. Tuesday edition of the Hagman Report. Today is January 9th, 2018, and we're going to be joined by Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer in just a few moments. Uh, tomorrow, uh, I know that I was talking with John earlier today, and we were floating some guest names around. Uh, for tomorrow, we're going to have Jack Pasovic check in with us. It's been a while since we heard from him, so make sure you don't miss that. Then Thursday, Steve Quayle and Tim Alberino will be on, which is uh, always a, a crowd pleaser and, and great shows. Yes.
1: And one thing I'd like to kind of appeal to the people who support us, uh one thing I really want to do, and I, I, I haven't done this yet. I, I, I've done it a little bit, but I'm kind of waiting for more people to jump on board. Perhaps I'll just say the heck with it and just do it on my own. Um But the Hagman Report Forum, if you have supported us, let's all enjoy the fellowship that we have in the Hagman Report Forum. All right. Let's let's not be afraid to express our ideas and to share our research because what I'm gonna do and, and I and I've I thought about this quite a bit is um I'm gonna give everyone a first look of my investigative research via the Hagman Report Forum. The reason of course you're supporting our work and it's because of you that we exist and are able to do the deep dives into these subjects and to conduct interviews or
2: cultivate sources. And it's because of you, and we thank you for that. Before we uh, bring Coach on real quick, an update. We have not mentioned this. Out of California, death toll now up to 13 in the Santa Barbara flooding and mudslide disasters that have been ongoing in California. And I'm sure that number is going to rise. They said they've conducted over 50 helicopter uh, airlift rescues. But they have, uh, the, the death toll was at five earlier today, then it went up to eight. Now it's at 13, uh, deaths and in weather related incidents in Santa Barbara County as the first major winter storm triggered flooding and mudslides that forced the closure of the 101 freeway, uh, um, in the Thomas Fire Burn area, the same area where the, ma- the, the most historic wildfire was, uh, just last year. So they're having a tough time of this and, uh, it looks pretty nasty, but with that being said, Let's bring on Coach Dave Dobenmeyer. Coach, it's great to have you back on.
0: Hey, hang on there. Will you guys quit pounding up there? <laughs> my wife's up there. She's cooking something tonight, Joe. I just wanted
1: <laughs> that, that never gets old, my brother. That never gets never, old.
0: That that was one of that was one of the most amazing things that that guy ever did. Wait, Hi, wait a second. Who, like, who's me?
1: talking in my ear? I've got insanity <laughs> talking.
0: Yeah. Who is that? Who is that? Is that my wife? Is That my dog? How we do get that stopped? Yeah. That was. That oh, was, man. that was a classic. Of course, Joe, Doug and Joey, they do some of the outtakes on, on us. That would, uh. Oh, yes. <laughs> that'd be something to see as well, right? So you gotta be careful here. And I got all dressed up for you guys you know, tonight. I don't want, yeah, you, nice. I don't want you to you. think I'm bu- I'm bucking for a new job or something like that, but I hear from people all the time. You know, I wear t-shirts, I wear sweatshirts. They think that, uh, they probably think I'm some kind of a hill which I probably really am, but I thought just for tonight, just as a kind of throw them off their stride, Uh, Throw a right wing watch off their stride a bit, Doug. That I would kind of come out dressed like a professor tonight with a hat on.
1: Yeah, yeah, Kyle would is not going to be. He's not going to (laughs) know what to do. I love that. I love the shirt. Um, your your shirt.
0: Can I can I buy
1: one of those? Um, I'll send
0: you one. How about that? I'll send you one
1: of them. I'll I'll tell you, uh, folks, of all uh, of all the people, the organizations, the entities, in my view that that make the difference, they are on the ground. Past assault uh, ministries. I've seen, I've seen Coach do more for more people. Hurricane relief efforts, feeding the the hungry while giving them the word of God. Uh, Co- Coach is, uh, I mean, he's a dynamo, and and he's not paying me to say that. I, I just have to say, he, his he and his team are absolutely incredible. And tune in every morning to.
0: Doug, I had my truck loaded up. I was coming up to Erie PA for that big snowstorm. If it had snowed one more inch, I was going to come up there and rescue you, and, you and <laughs> Joe, and bring you a hamburger or something like that, man. Well, I, gotta, I was thinking about you.
1: I got to tell you, at my at my house, um, we had a part of our roof that was uh, a, a big piece of, and I didn't know this, but the 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 snow um, took out part of the roof, took out the electrical box, took out. Uh, a whole, but well, I knew it. When, you know, when it hit one o'clock yesterday morning, it
2: was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the businesses and, and other residents around here are having problems. Uh, you know, never seen so many "how to rake the snow off your roof" reports on the local news <laughs> as we have these last two weeks. It was kind of crazy, Coach. Um, I sent, you, think I think I sent wicked, you a few pictures, but it's uh, Wicked
0: Witch of the West up there with a the snow shovel, huh? That's what you got going on probably everywhere. Well, well you know, brother, we might get tw- we might get twenty three inches here in Ohio just. They don't, ma- weather's amazing. The global warming. They said it's either going to be 2 inches or 23. They don't know. Now, Doug, I, Joe, you know, I think that's a pretty big difference. 2 or 23. They'll let us know here in a couple of days as to one's going to be. So, yeah. uh, hey, Coach, yeah, you yeah. Know we
2: got that big snow that's 65 plus inches. They were only calling for 12 inches. So, uh, well, you saw how that New went.
0: math, new math, <laughs> brother. That's, that's, that's way good. That common core. It's amazing. It's all, ma- it's all a matter of how you measure it, guys. Hey listen, I, I, by the way, you guys, uh, I don't know if you know this or not. Doesn't matter whether you do. I watch you guys almost every night. And I did, I, I told John Robertson when I was talking to him the other day, you guys have so upped your game. I just, I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke at you like you're not blowing smoke at me. I'm just telling you, the, the thing that you did last night with, uh, Jerome Corsi, that was, that was powerful. My goodness. You guys are on the count, cutting edge. And to be honest with you, Doug, Joe, I don't know how you guys stay alive. You must have a, you either got a, a squadron of bodyguards, or you're in a bunker somewhere. That, that's all I know, because you are, <laughs> brothers, you guys are delivering the mail. Well, we and really I, appreciate
1: you, that. You know, well, the, you.
0: Jump, you, you I, I'm going to Hagman every night, rather than, what was it? It used to be O'Reilly, yeah. Hannity. I, none of that stuff, man. I come right here and I, I get my fill every night, so I just... Uh, well, i just appreciate you guys i me.
1: gotta tell you coming from you and, and that to me uh is all the validation i need you know and, and thank you so much and i have to thank john robertson for his 24 seven efforts as well as tech yeah, he's era, up. you know yeah uh, good we, we we you know what coach like you we've got the the best team the best fit for what for our needs, so uh, and I know you've got a great team as well. You're you're making a difference. I mean, the, the stuff that Coach does, and uh, this is the last time I'll say it because Coach will never ever talk about what he does. But uh, the the so many people he helps, so it's important that we support Coach Dave Dobmeyer and his efforts. That's but but please let's do that. But Coach, uh, we're,
0: go We're ahead. building a team, Doug. I, yeah. I've been I've been quietly over the last you know the last. Every time we hit around Christmas time, I don't know if you know it or not, Christmas just kind of just passed us a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I wasn't worried. We kind of, yeah, you know, I, I kind of hunker down a little bit because, you know, uh, I'm, I'm basically a ball humbug kind of guy because although I enjoy Christmas and everybody enjoys Christmas, Doug, with the exception of my grandkids and, and watching the fun that they have at Christmas time, Christmas just isn't cutting it for me anymore because of, well, because I watch Hagman and Hagman every night and, It's not fear porn. I hate when people use that that term. It's like I was having a discussion with my wife the other day. My wife is the most precious little creature that God ever ever made, and she just she just she's Rodney King. Why can't we all just get along? That's that's that is her heart so so deep. And so when you know when I I dig into new stuff or I listen to some of the guys that you have, and then I talk to her about it, it it, you know I think I'm probably speaking for a lot of women. It causes them strife. And, and so my wife gets conflicted because, you know, it's, got we've got our grandkids and we want them to have a happy life. And I said, listen, here's, a, here's a way that you got to look at it, folks. Listen, you cannot, you can't look at it as fear porn. You, Doug, I used to pop open the film when we were getting ready to play a really good football team and we were beginning our scouting report or if I would go watch them in person and I'd crack open that film the first time I would look at it, I would tell you something. Sometimes I swallowed hard. But oh my goodness, how are we going to stop that guy? The tailback or t- tight end or line. How, how are we going to stop him? What are we going to do? But Doug, I had to know what they had in order to prepare some type of game plan. And I try to tell my wife and everybody that I come in contact with, don't take it as fear porn. Again, take it as a scouting report. What is it exactly the other team is doing until we figure out what the other team is doing, we don't really know what type of great game plan to put in place. And Jesus told us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Not to be ignorant of what that other team's doing. So we're, I see everything that you do every night. I, and, and, uh, when I get a chance to, I, I dig in with Doug, uh, with, uh, Joe and, and John in the afternoon. I don't get to see you so much in the morning, although I get some of the replays. I, I, that's all game planning stuff to me. And I'll say, man, this is going on here. And you know, Joe, I was watching you the other night. And I got to tell you something. I wanted to reach through there and give you a high five. I I, I don't know how you do that here on this. I'm, I'm giving you a high five. <laughs>
1: that works. Right back that at works. You, coach.
0: Bec- because I'm I'm like you. I if I hear one more thing about this guy's arrested and that guy's got a boot on and this guy's if I hey, where's the beef? Where's the beef? Right? Show me. Show me the beef. So, uh, you know, I, I watched. That. I'm sure you guys saw the one with Greg Hunter the other day that did a great one and Jerry Corsi last night. So. Brothers, I know something's going is going on, but I as I often say, I'm not into paralysis by analysis, okay? I get it all filed over here someplace on the shelf, and I know when they're doing this, I know when they're doing that, and I'm prepared for it. And so I, as I say to my wife, honey, let's it's so that we're prepared, so we know what they're doing. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid. But we know what they're doing. And that's that's what if I can encourage folks out there tonight, the one element in my not so humble opinion. The element that's missing is is the church. The church is the element that's missing in this whole thing. And you know, Doug, I don't I'm not trying to filibuster here. Just bear with me a second. I made a lot of enemies, a lot of enemies. I was one of the first guys that came out for Trump in the Christian community. That wasn't that wasn't very that wasn't very good, buddy. That wasn't very good. I don't know if you know this or not. He he abused women. He was he owned a he owned a strip club and he I don't know if you knew that about but I heard that, I said that Doug, I heard that over and over and over and over. But I just, I just sensed there was something about what God was doing in, in, with that guy that, uh, I don't know. I saw something others didn't do. But in this whole aspect, I, I got on a tangent the other day on my show over the whole idea of the fact that Planned Parenthood is still being funded. Planned Parenthood is still being funded. In fact, in the new budget, they increased their funding to over it was 500000 Now it's like 540000 And then I saw an article that said not only that, Planned Parenthood's fundraising, not government money, their fundraising was more than another 500000 So we're talking about Planned Parenthood being a $1 billion a year operation. And we had the ability to defund it. We didn't do it. And people get mad and they complain about it. I said, well, listen, where do you see anywhere, any? Organization, any Christian organization knocking on doors, bringing pressure on Trump or their elected officials to do anything about it. And you don't see it. So in, the in point that c- I'm trying to make is the church is the missing element in this whole thing. C-
1: Coach, uh, and, and yeah, I totally agree with you on this. And, and I know Coach has been extremely pro- uh, proactive in uh, uh Fighting Planned Parenthood, or changing, attempting to change the hearts and minds of the women to go who are going into to have abortions. But let me ask you, because this is something I, it was elusive to me. Can you, if you know, uh, who is responsible for continuing, uh, specifically na- the names of the people who are um, uh, wanting to continue the, to fund the Planned Parenthood? Are, are there any specific individuals that you can name that we should focus on?
0: Yes, they're called elected officials, particularly particularly republic. Now, okay. uh, I, um, you know, that, that, dude, I'm a I'm a smart at, right? Sometimes Doug, <laughs> I get to get that. But that that is that is really it. But again, the, the the pressure on Planned Parenthood to defund Planned Parenthood, Doug, there's been no pressure about it. There's been nothing, and coach, nothing coming from the church. This is so, where
2: this is where you say the church comes in is the the pressure to put the pressure on lawmakers because I want to say this that you know we've been to uh, Washington D C when they were protesting an, uh, abortion in front of the Supreme Court we've seen mm-hmm. you and and so many others you know out in front of abortion clinics uh, you know writing to their congressmen to their senators and uh, we see the the blowback by the Christian conservative community every time Planned Parenthood or a story about abortion is mentioned. And I I agree, the mainstream church needs to do more. And and this is where I want to make the distinction, because it seems like the politically inclined Christians are the ones who take action. But the rest of the church don't seem to do that, or at least the conservative Christians, politically aligned conservative Christians, are the ones who take action. It's the rest of the church, the non-political church, or uh, the Christians who are left-leaning, who don't seem to have a problem with this, and the church's acceptance, and the leadership in the church specifically from all denominations—that's where the the silence uh, is deafening from. And because I, I don't want to be too hard on on so many people who fight this battle on a daily basis, uh, or do you know whatever they can, because we see that in in our community, it's missing from the other uh, pockets of that church community.
0: It it is, and uh, there's several different reasons why it's missing. A lot of it is. The, uh, theology, in other words, the idea that, I don't care what your theology is, but the idea that there's a soon coming rapture, and we're going to be taken out of here, and it's only going to get worse, uh, that's a big part of it. People say, well, why, why fight it? What the Bible says is going to happen, so people don't want to get actively involved with it, but uh, I, I almost wore, wore a sweatshirt that my wife got me for uh, Christmas, I didn't wear it. And it says on the front of it, occupy until I return. See, that's also part, that's also part of the gospel. Occupy till I return. Now here's a, here's a component, uh, Joe, that I like to throw a mix in. And this is why I'm so glad that, uh, that I got to know you guys, got to know L.A. Marzulli and Russ Dizdar, and Mike and Jeannie Kerr and John Robertson and all, all these, all these tinfoil hat Christians that I run around with because it began to connect for me Dots to my faith that had never been connected before. let me let me explain. i don't I don't think that uh, until I began to understand, especially learning it from uh, Russ Dizdar, I think is one who's probably uh, has coached me as much on it, even though he probably doesn't know that he coached me that much on it, is the whole idea of the uh, the satanic connection between blood, blood sacrifice, the sacrificing of unborn children, the sacrificing of born children, the the SRA, I never in my Christian faith made that connection to what was going on. and as I began to spend more and more time studying the stuff that the Russ in particular would talk about and in LA all, all of them actually, and then began to go to the abortion clinic and began to put connection, put the connection to I asked myself a very simple question: what is it? about Planned Parenthood, why won't that be fall? What is it? And then, all of a sudden, Hillary gets defeated, Trump gets in there, and all of a sudden we start hearing about, what, Pedogate and Pizzagate, and, uh, you know, you're trying to take it with a grain of salt, is the whole thing true, and then begin to understand, they're talking about blood sacrifices and pizza, and all, all this stuff, and all of a sudden this stuff is beginning to make sense to me to understand that the Planned Parenthood is it is one of the if not the strongest stronghold in all of the universe. Because we know this if, if we want to believe all the stuff that we're seeing and all the all they're talking about pedophiles and Hollywood John could come on and tell us about all that's going on and then brother Planned Parenthood is more it is about more than abortion. It's about sacrificing of those little babies. And we know this from our studies and Mark Harrington, some other guys that, that I I swim in a pond with, uh, they understand that those babies are being sold out the back door of Planned Parenthood. Some of them are being parted off, some of them for body parts, some of them for to uh like Joseph Mingala, they go to universities and they study them. But some of them are being sold for far more evil, demonic, nefarious things. And as I began to put the dots, as I began to connect the dots together, I I couldn't figure out why why the Democratic Party in particular was so adamant in keeping Planned Parenthood open. And I think that if we just pull back and we just survey everything we know, brothers, there is blood sacrifice that's taking place at Planned Parenthood. And there are a group of people in America who are evil people and they are in high places who are not only profiting off of, but I believe using those little babies as sacrifices beyond just the murder of the abortion clinic. So as we begin to connect these dots, uh satanic ritual abuse, child sacrifice, pedophilia, brothers, it just now, it, it makes sense to me. And because, I'm not trying to be a, a know-it-all and holier-than-thou guy, but I think I understand the connection between all this stuff and Planned Parenthood, and I don't think the average Christian or pastor does. So this thing is far more interlocked. Now, the Democratic Party wants it to continue because they get funding from Planned Parenthood, $540 million and it goes out to what? It goes out to pro-life, or I'm sorry, pro-abortion Canada. They fund pro-abortion Canada. And the Republican Party, they raise a lot of money from all the pro-life groups and they fund all of their campaigns. So what we see is this deep state that we know is they're this swamp, they're interconnected. And they are both, both political parties are profiting off of the bloody back of those unborn babies. That, I now see that and I now understand it. So sometimes when I come on the show or people say, is that all that guy ever talked about? It's abortion. Is that all? Guys, I'm telling you, it is the capstone. It is the key. It is the key. And if we don't shut off that blood... Remember, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There's power in the blood. If we, if the churches don't begin to wake up and understand the blood sacrifice that's going on as a result of Planned Parenthood, we're never going to rise up and push back.
2: No, you're absolutely right, Coach. And there is um, you know, deep spiritual uh, components to the abortion uh, blood and baby sacrifices that we see. And it goes back all the way to the <clears throat> Babylonian days where they... We're sacrificing their children to Moloch to these people, uh, you know, these evil Satanists who seem to be, uh, gravitate to the positions of power and influence in this country. It is, you know, for them to do this and to continue to promote it is an, it's almost like a loyalty oath to Satan or Satan. Uh, is trying to bring about the end again because he thinks he's going to, you know, take over heaven. But that's neither here nor there. But, but, Would, say,
0: but Joe, but Joe, again. I'm sorry, Joe. It, it's a it's the old bait and switch. It's always the old bait and switch. They want us to believe that it's about a woman mm-hmm. and a woman's right to choose, and it isn't. It's about those little broken bodies and what that what those diabolical evil people want to do with those broken bodies and that shed blood. That's really what it's about. And if the Lord is gracious and He allows this, these investigations to continue, Doug, I go back to the book, to your book that I that I love so much that I read, and it can, I made some connections when I read uh, "Stained by Blood." Is that the name of it was, Doug? That, that, Stained
1: that by Blood, yes, yes.
0: But that opened that opened my eyes too. So, see, we are we Christians are so naive. We're so naive, and we don't have any doubt. Da- I, I I tell my friends. If you can even begin to conceive the goodness of God, how good and magnificent the Bible says, our eyes have not seen and our ears have not heard, and neither has it even entered into our hearts, the things that God has in store for those of love. It's beyond what we can ever imagine. Right. Well, what must the depth of evil look like? What must that look like? And we've got people in elected positions who do not have the restraining of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They have booze, they have broads, they have money, they have power, they have... Do you, Hey Doug, do you have any idea what you could be like if you had all of that stuff and no nobody or nothing to restrain you? And so we, in, in the Christian church, we have miscalculated and we have underestimated our enemy. And not only is he very, very diabolical, but his people, those his children. Remember, Jesus said, "You have your father, the devil, and the works of your father you will do." His kids are unbelievably diabolical because there is nothing to restrain them, and unfortunately, the church doesn't understand the game. The church doesn't understand. We think it's about our finances and our health, and brothers, it's about a it's about a whole big whole bigger thing going on. You, you, whole bigger thing.
1: You know, Coach, I I really like the way you contextualize Planned Parenthood, and with the disclosures as uncomfortable and as hideous. As the investigative fruits of the Center for Medical Progress, for example, what that mm-hmm. showed America. And, and then, as you just stated, there's a connection between the satanic, uh, and, and, you know, how, how, how that all fits with the spirit cooking, with the, uh, yep. blood and blood. So, it, when people take a deep dive into that subject as, as you just referenced it all begins to make sense and I think that yeah, what, man, that's what, do we think, well what do we
0: think they do with those little bodies Doug yeah. See, uh, what do we think they do uh, this is going to sound crazy we got a cat and our cat has a litter box and I can't believe when I clean out that litter box how much how much I got in that bag when I'm done cleaning up that cat after a day and I throw it in the trash can and last night my wife said uh I had to take the trash out last night, and she said, carry, carry this out in the, put it out in the, in the trash can, cause I don't want it to be smelling up all week. Uh, and I thought, my goodness, think about what Planned Parenthood must smell like, brothers. Can you, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that smell of death, that stench of those little babies, whether they put them in, whether they put them in, this makes people uncomfortable. I'm sorry if it does. They kill those little babies. And then they get got to do something with them till the, gar- till the garbage guy comes and picks them up. But it ain't a garbage guy. It's some guy that comes and picks them up, and I'm telling you, he sells them to somebody, or somebody sells them to somebody. Uh, I suppose I better make a clarifier, in my humble opinion, Doug. But I think if we watch what's going on, we watch the pedo gate, we watch the watch all this Doug, this is what they're doing. This is what they're doing. And why can't the church make that connect? Why can't they? Because if, until we shut off the blood... So we turn the spigot off we're going to have that blood guilt that we're going to be dealing with and so that's why that is so near and dear to my heart because i think it impacts everything and i've got grandchildren i've got we have four grandchildren and hopefully you're going to have a bunch more and i don't want the guilt of my bloody hands to be on their lives over their head and that's why i think it's important and incumbent for us as christians to deal with this issue and deal with it now and i saw in a startling statistic um I think it was George Barner. No, it wasn't George? Yeah, it was George Barner. Doug, he said that uh, a recent statistic: thirty-three percent of thirty-three percent of Christians believe abortion is murder. Thirty-three percent of them believe it's murder. No, more than thirty-three believe it. Coach, can, 30, can, you, can you
1: repeat that? You cut out thirty-three uh, percent believe.
0: Thirty-three in- percent of. About 60% of Christians believe killing a baby is murder. But, Doug, 33% of that 60% that believe abortion is murder think it ought to be legal. Wow. Now, I want you, I want you to chew on that for a second, right? We've got 33% of Christians who believe it is murder, but believe it to be illegal. And why do they believe that? Because of the deception. The enemy's been so good disguising what's going on, the deception and everything. So you know, I kind of take it as a personal challenge in, in my life to try to awaken people up to exactly to understand what's going on. Churches don't want to talk about. It. I understand why. I don't. I understand. But as I said, the whole the thing that's missing in this entire battle that we're having, Donald Trump trying to make America great again, is the church. The church. The uh, plan. plan. It, if you if we can't give the, our elected officials to defund Plan Parenthood, do we ever really think that they're going to overturn it? So I I want to continue on on this subject because it makes people uncomfortable. I w- I just want you to know, Doug, I got a plan and I've been working a plan pretty hard for about two months. And uh, uh you know we've done we've done great things just our little Salt and light Brigade. And I could I could go into some of the things that we did. You know we target we we crippled target so badly. Twenty billion dollars we Now it wasn't just me us, you understand that? But we got the ball rolling, right? You did. The whole the whole Kim Davis thing. We went down there to Kim Davis and got Kim Davis out of jail. We we did all that. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying boots on the ground, make a difference. We got Ken Hoven out of jail. We went down there and made a big make a big stink there and did that. So I've I've come down to we've had a bunch of people down in Port Arthur, Texas, down in Rockport. We did we did a lot lot of different stuff, and I have found out that God works through small committed groups who are faithful to do what they want to do. And so I look around all the time and I say, Well, why won't Franklin Graham? Why won't he stand up and fight against abortion or Rick Warren? Why won't they? And you know, because that's not the way the Lord works. He works through little groups, and I got a plan. (laughs) And we're going to go after those. We're going after them hard, Doug, because uh, I I think it's that critical.
1: Well, I, I agree with you on that, and I'll, I'll tell you when you tell me that you've got a plan, uh, the enemy better be shaking. <laughs> I, I, seriously, because Coach Dave Dobyns is is a man of action, and I've seen this. I've I've seen him in action, and and one of the uh, interesting points is in addition to the abortion subject, and, and this is. Almost as diabolical and uh, uh, problematic as as abortion or the murdering of the unborn, is the homosexual agenda, which I believe is tied. It's inextric.
0: I mean, it's tied three, in so tight. Tied- we, we say it's three. It's three fingers of the same fist. That's what we say, Doug. Yeah, Islam, exactly. homosexuality, and abortion are three fingers of the same fist. And,
1: and you know, and having, I, I think I learned the most. Um, about the bigger picture, by watching your actions, and again, this is not to it's it's not false flattery or, or or anything, but it kind of clicks when you see. It's kind of like like you said, you're watching game tapes, or you're. But, but when I saw you in action, and then I began Ooh. to think, okay, now I'm getting the bigger picture, and I think everyone really needs to uh, to really understand how linked everything is, and so you yeah. you made it that that uh, watching your game tapes is what really you know, sparked my uh, understanding of, of how this all fits together.
0: Boots on the ground, we call it, right? We're, Doug, we know it works. How do we know it works? Because the enemy does it. True. <laughs> the enemy does it, right? Now, yes. By the way, is, isn't is it amazing we haven't seen much from the enemy? Not a lot of protests going on, right? I thought these things were spontaneous. No, I don't <laughs> think they were so spontaneous, right? Whether they ran out of money or whatever, something. something. So uh, I, I'm convinced and it's part of the plan that we're working on. And I'm just not going to stay any more than that because I'm sure that I'm sure oh, right wing watch is watching this they're, here. Tonight, right? They're watching, <laughs>
1: they're listening, yeah. they're trans-tape-recorders
2: yeah, on. They,
0: yep. they, they are, they got their tape recorders running. I just yep. want, I want them to know that I'm a man with a plan and we're going to, we're going to execute and operate the plan. And, uh, you know, we've seen, uh, David Delighton. We've seen, uh, Lila Rose. We've seen a lot of, a lot of just small people go in and do amazing things. And I, I, I believe that that, that's the way the Lord likes to do things. So if you want to help, uh, drop me an email. We'll, we're, we're going to plug in. By the way, Doug, I don't know if I sent it to Joe and I just sent it to John. I said, I have a little about a five minute video. I sent maybe Eric the tech. uh, maybe Joe or somebody can forward it to Eric and maybe we can play that because it shows a little bit of what we do. And, and uh, Doug, I don't, uh, I don't want to come on here and brag about all the stuff we do, but I think people need to see what we do. I do. Say, you know that yeah. that isn't hard. Golly, I I can do that. Yeah, I I can do that. And so I have a little tape. Maybe when we come back after the bottom of the hour here, that if Eric can get that thing up and just just show people what we do, folks. I'm just telling you, it really really matters. It really matters. I had a conversation with a with a uh, an elected official the other day, and he only said to me, he says, "We never hear from you, Chris. We never hear from." You and our phone rings off the hook from all these other left wing and we we get bombarded with emails because we never we never hear from Christians so that's what I was saying to you earlier we are the missing link we are the missing link and my great frustration comes from the fact that we are losing a game that we should not be losing other than we expect to right it's just going to get worse it's just going to get worse so let's just sit back and Hold on to our hats and pray we get out of here before that crap really hits the fan. And bro, that goes against every fiber in my body.
2: Well, uh, coach, just to let you know, we're, we're, we skipped the break and we're not okay. going to be able to play that video until okay. next time we that's, have you on because it's not okay, set up. Okay, that's
0: cool. That's right. I, I figured. I just thought before I went on, I was going to, I was going to uh, just let people see exactly what it is we do. Okay, so. If if I, if I can jump into something here, sure, uh, done yeah. I want to I, I want to I wanna lay this out here a little bit. Um, I, I was do, I was doing this talking about this on on our show, the show that I do in the mornings, uh, the other day, and I talked about uh, somebody called me a provocateur, provocateur,
2: a provocateur. And,
0: yeah, they meant they meant it to be they meant that to be, uh, they meant that to be bad. They you're just a provocateur. You're always stirring things up. And, you know, praise the Lord, I got to uh Hebrews 10.24, and it says that we are to provoke one another to love and to good works. The expression of love is work. Now, I was thinking the other day, I, I got the most beautiful wife in the world, probably second to you, Dougie. You, you know, you got a pretty wife too, but, uh, I'm just, she, she, uh, you know, my wife.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, coach, that's one thing I just want to uh, punch in here and say this. I could not do what I do without my wife. And I've met amen. your wife, and she is the loveliest lady I've ever met. And that's Coach it's Dave Dalmire's wife. God bless her. Amen. You
0: hear that, Miss There's some brilliant boys. Hey, quit that hammer over there! Here's what I want people to understand. Posted the faith without work. Is dead. Just he said, just like the uh the body without the spirit is dead. You know, you lose your air, you lose your spirit, you're dead. He said, faith. Your faith without corresponding action is dead. So we say we love the Lord, we want to serve the Lord, and we go to church and say, oh, we worship the Lord. And he said, listen, uh, in Romans 12, present your body a living sacrifice. He says, it's you that I want you are you, your spiritual worst your worst that's what what you were and i compared that to my wife and she always loves me most Doug, when i uh when i fix things around the house which that happens about once every seven months because i i usually break things i don't fix them very well and if i come home and she comes home and i fix something she just she just loves me so much for doing i don't know why I don't do it more but i i compare that to i, I thought michelle would you rather why can't I just sit over in this chair and tell you how much I love you. Every time you come in, I'll just tell you, I love you. Oh, I love you so much, sweetie. I'm so happy I'm married. I love you. You know what she eventually says to me? She says, well, if you love me so much, would you please fix that joke? Because what? The greatest expression of my love for her is what I do for her. When I said earlier that the missing element in the church, the missing element in everything that's going on is the church. Doug, we are not doing anything in society, in the culture, that would express to the world that we really love our Savior and, and actually are willing to lay down our life. We love Him that much. I love, I'd lay down my life for my wife, my grandkids. I love them that much. And I would say that I would... Lay down my life for my savior. Most people say that they would, but they won't even, they won't even go out and, they won't even go out and witness. They won't even go out and hand out a track. They won't even go and try to rescue a baby in an abortion clinic. They won't even pick up a phone and call their congressman and complain. They, there is no corresponding action to what we say we believe. And one of the things that makes people uncomfortable about me is I continue To poke him on the chest. Say, "Come on, man. Hey, come on. Prove it. Prove it. You love me. Prove it. You love him. Prove it." Now, all we have to do is look at society, and understand that the devil's kids have got this all figured out. They they have they have infiltrated, and have taken over every major power that you can think of. They own Hollywood. They own the media. They own the universities. They own the elementary schools, the high school. They own your city council. They own the government. They, the Devil's team, owns everything. Now you might think that that glorifies the Lord, but I think He said again, "Occupy until I return." Hey, hold my spot here, will you? It's like my son's going to take us to the Columbus Blue Jackets, take all of us for, uh, for a Christmas present. I'm not a big hockey fan, but I'll, I'll go, I'll go enjoy it. And if I get up, if I'm at, if I'm at the hockey game and I go to the bathroom and I lean over and I say to my wife, hey honey, hold this seat for me, occupy this seat will you. Doug, when I come back, I don't expect some, some guy sitting in that chair hitting on my wife, right? I don't, I don't, I said hold that for me. Well, occupy is an action verb. <laughs> occupy. And so I'm saying he hadn't come back yet everything is going to hell because there isn't anything really that God's people are in control of. Because God's people aren't in control of anything, we're living under tyranny. That's, that's, that's the way I see it. So we watch what's going on with Trump. Holy now Christians, they complain because he wasn't righteous enough and, you know, he didn't do this and he didn't do that. People complain and the end up. He, brother, he's only... Uh, Donald Trump's only going to see and do what he sees as important to the people. And in the American church, the ending of abortion and the uh straightening out of marriage just is not that important. It's just not that important. And so I continue to poke people in the chest about that issue and um try to provoke them to love and to good work.
2: You know, Coach, we did not elect a priest. And when we look at, at Donald Trump uh, one problem i have with some of the people in the church is that they believe a president should not only believe, be the you know political authority but also the religious authority now that if that were the case that would be be great if it was somebody who followed scripture who believed in jesus and followed it as a fundamentalist not as in their own mm-hmm. way but we can't expect that nor would we want that from our leader because it would set a bad precedent when somebody got in there who had a different religion but right uh, these people expect that, that kind of, uh, religious element and perfection from a person. You know, any one fault or a few faults. Oh, they're not a good Christian. They're this or they're that. And obviously, Donald Trump is his own man. He has his own beliefs. He believes, or he's not against homosexual marriage, I should say. That's one thing that, that bothers me about him. And we see, you know, the little things he does. But when we look at the overall picture, of what we expect from a political leader, putting America first, coming back to the constitutional foundations of our country, you really can't argue with with the uh, you know the guy's intent for this country. But when you start getting into that religious argument here, it, it gets a little cloudy because uh, then you have you know people interpreting his actions as well. You know, is he basically like a, a savior? Is he like a priest? Should we expect this perfection from him? And that's not realistic
0: it's not realistic, but even more so than that, and I, when I became a Trump supporter about a year, two years ago now, been been quite a while, I, I tried to help people to understand that uh, Donald Trump was not anti-Christian. In other words, he respects Christian values. is he, he's not the Pope, he's not you know, he's not, I don't know, I don't know his spiritual condition, I don't know. But we know this, that he has not lived A Christian life. Nor have I, by the way. Much of my life, I didn't didn't live a Christian life. But I always felt that Donald Trump was a guy who really was an—he was a—he was an empty shell. He was a money maker. He was a guy who bought influence. So, when he was out there building casinos and doing all that stuff, he was giving money to whoever could help him out. He gave to Republicans. He gave to Democrats. He gave. To everybody, he didn't care, but when he decided that he was going to run for office, that's why I can't wait to see what happened with Oprah. When Trump decided that he was going to run for office, he had to pick a side. From him. He had, he had, for the first time in his life, he had to, he had to come down on one side or the other. And part of what's happened with him is it's been a gradual transition when he had to make these choices. I'll never forget in that, I think it was a, third debate with Hillary Clinton when he was talking about what they do in partial birth abortion. It was one of the most powerful moments I ever remember of a politician. He talked about going in there and sucking out the the, uh, the body parts of the little baby and he said, it may be alright with Hillary but it's not alright with me. And what that told me is he had just recently come to the realization of what was really taking. He never thought about it. it didn't matter to him up to that point. That's where I'm saying even right now the church is missing the point. Because Donald Trump, you say, uh, Joe, that he supports gay marriage. It looks that way. Why does it look that way? Do you see anybody anywhere turning up the heat on him in regards to that issue? And I'd say no. You know, I was at, uh, you talk about places we go and things we do. I went to the to that Million Lesbian March, whatever they called that thing last year in Washington, D.C., I was there, we were there, some of our guys were there, and you know what? Donald Trump never forgot that mark. He's a guy who holds a crutch, I think, and he watched what was going on, and he said in his heart, "I'm going to get, I'm going to get even with them people." And I believe that what they did there is they pushed him a little bit farther right than what he than what he had been. But the point that I want people to not miss. Is he is on the side of Christianity. If the Christians would rise up and begin to demand some things from the President of the United States, I believe he is our friend, not our enemy. Barack Obama was a sworn enemy. I'm just telling you, if you guys believe that he was a Christian, I don't, I can't help it. He was a sworn enemy. To all things Christian. I believe that in the bottom of my heart. As I believe that about Hillary too. Donald Trump is a friend of Christianity, but he doesn't have it all figured out. He's on his own spiritual journey, and we're looking around, and we're expecting him to do things that the pastors won't even do. We expect him to stand up and do something about gay marriage. Half the pastors are marrying them for heaven's sake. We want him to stand up and defund Planned Parenthood. He's looking out, and there's no cue and cry. Nobody's complaining about it. I'm not hearing much about it. And so I think we've got a guy in office who is willing to make America great again, but the only way America's going to be great again is if the church rises up and does what's right and makes America great again. We're in the midst right now. I'm, I'm going to get on a roll here. Bear with me.
1: Love it. Love
0: uh, it. Western civilization's under attack right now. Western civilization, brothers, we are we're seeing it right now. Bro. We're seeing it right now, and the church has not come to the realization to understand where the battle lies. Now I'm going to say something here that my wife told me maybe I shouldn't say, it, but I'm going to say it. Isn't it amazing? Did you happen to see Doug and Joe the video? Of Oprah Winfrey, where three years ago she said that those old white... She didn't say white, but that was what she was insinuating, are just going to have to die. Yeah, those Did you guys see races. that video?
2: Those old races was, are just going to have was, to die, it, is what she said.
0: Was, was, that, was that unbelievable, man? And she
2: got joy out of saying, you know, just going to have to die. <laughs> she uh-huh. said it in this weird <laughs> yeah. way. And not only that, coach. she has this uh, really messed up New Age spiritual belief system right. that she promotes... You know, there's many ways uh, to heaven, not only through Jesus, as she said on her show.
0: Mm-hmm. And Paul Craig Roberts, you guys know that name. Mm-hmm. I consider him a I consider him a pretty uh, well respected author, well respected uh, writer. Certainly not a right winger like me that would be on right wing watch. No, not that kind of guy. Just pretty much a stable guy. Did you see the article that he posted today? No. He posted today the idea that white genocide is just around the corner. That's what Paul Craig Roberts said. That exactly what they did to the Jews, they are mm-hmm. beginning to do to the white Christian male. It's right in front of us, fellas. It's right in front of us. What did, what did Oprah say? What, if Oprah Winfrey, folks, you better wake up. If Oprah Winfrey were pre- president of the United States and some of those people had to die, did anybody go and ask the next question? Who? And when? And how are these people going to have to die? Because you better believe this. She represents a far greater number of people than we even understand. And what we see taking place in America right now is the the future of Western civilization in regards to whose values are going to carry the day. I'm not worried about Christianity ending, because Christianity will end... When Christ returns, but then it won't end. It's going to continue anyway. So no matter what happens with America, Christianity is going to continue. the Western civilization of uh, uh, boys and girls is right now in the balance playing out against with the deep state and, and, and Oprah and all of these God hating, all this stuff that's going on. And the church ain't got any idea. The church doesn't have any idea. That's why, that's why I continue to say that we, the church is the missing element. We are it. And those of us who see it and understand it, that's why I'm so passionate and a lot of the guys I'm working with are so passionate because we understand that now is the time. This is the time. We got a reprieve, but, uh, that reprieve is not going to last long if, if the church, Christians don't arise and, and, uh, fight, fight for what we know to be the truth. Hey Doug. Yes, sir. We got people. We got people in America that think Bruce Jenner is sane and Donald Trump's crazy. <laughs> now, right? I mean, are you are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? How, how did we get? How did this happen? Well, it happened to us because of the great deception that's out there. The whole idea that that uh, the greatest expression of Christianity is just to love everybody and just just no matter who, how they are, what they are, just Welcoming in, and I'm not saying anything against Christ and love and, the, the, you know, love your brother, I'm not, not against that, brother. Right. But we do have to understand that the Lord has enemies, man. He has enemies. And there are people, the Bible says, evil spirits in high places. What are those high places? Well, we know what they are. They're in Washington DC and they're in other parts of the world. Evil spirits that are trying to control, control the destiny of the hearts of men. And the battle is, are we going to allow them to do that, or are we going to stand up and fight and push back and determine for ourselves what values we are going to keep
1: don't know if we I'm, i don't do know if I'm
0: talking over the head of people or not i feel i feel it so deeply brother that what's going on
1: you know i no i, I think you're I think you're hitting uh that sweet spot between i i think you i think i think it's it's pretty clear and, and boy I'll tell you uh the how screwed up does our society have to be, or how how screwed up is our society when Bruce Jenner, for example, as you referenced, um well, well
0: he, we think he's normal.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's the same one as you said. Yeah, the, exactly. It's it's really incredible to 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 consider that. Uh, by the way, huddle up tomorrow at seven o'clock with Coach Dave. CoachDaveLive.com, and and folks, do do me a favor. Uh, go to Coach Live, CoachDaveLive.com uh, tonight, and and watch the video that he's got that shows his work. But also, do one other thing: hit that donate button up on top, top right there. Because let's support his work. Let's let's keep him going. Uh, his efforts have made all the difference. I believe a huge difference in what we're seeing. Um, and and Coach Dave would never never come right out and ask and say, but I am. So please let's keep Coach Dave live going and huddle up tomorrow morning seven to ten or seven. Um, I'm sorry, seven o'clock in the morning Eastern time for uh Coach Dave live for the um, for the huddle, of course. And uh by the it's way, it's
0: archived there. All, it's all, all archived there, Doug. So they they can watch. It, Doug, we're, we're all on the same team, man.
1: Yeah, we are. We're it,
0: all we're all on the same team, and we have to support one another, and encourage one another, to stand with one another. Uh, you guys are you're kind of the big dogs so you right now. You guys are getting swatted at probably more than any, but it's it's trickling down. It's trickling down the I, the the desire. You don't think the enemy wants to shut my mouth? That oh, you man. that are that you you sent me that email today of, of that, <laughs> that that lie that 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 lady just flat out lied just lied about me on I, I wasn't even on right wing watch wherever it was right at, with, without any consequences because I Doug I made this statement <laughs> this is what I said I said at what point do do Christians have to rise up and say I'm not going to if my tax dollars are going to go fund abortion I'm not going to pay it anymore when we have to stand before the Lord and give an account for what we've done and our deeds in the flesh and he says to you why did you continue to fund that abortion what am I going to say? so that was the point that I was making I pay all my taxes you pay all of your taxes I hate it I think it's ungodly I got a lot of issues with it but they try to see they try to do everything they can and twist everything that you say to make you look as I don't even know what they try to make try to well, make you it, that. yeah
1: yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, it's an amazing thing to, to watch the enemies. But, but I liked your response, um, to that. You know, uh, Joe, I, how did, how, how was that? The devil knows your name. Be glad because the devil knows your name. Yeah, yeah. the devil
0: knows your name. You, you know, That's right. The devil, it, devil yeah. knows my, he, he knows my name. He knows Doug and Joe Hagman. Let's be honest. He, he does, you know. So, uh, but boy, as, my, as my wife, as my wife says, honey, you knew what it was when you picked it up. Exactly.
1: Oh. <laughs> and I, and I keep thinking too, every, every time I, uh, um, I, I see an issue or a problem, uh, I hear your voice in, in the back of my head saying, well, what do you expect? This is war. Right. I, I love it. And, and you've inspired me in so many levels and I know so many people, but you know, and that's the thing to Christians. What do you expect? This is war. Uh, we are engaged in, in, in a war. It's a, it's a war of like no other, but, mm-hmm. uh, and we have to rise above it.
2: Coach, we only have a, a few minutes left. Can you tell the audience a little bit about the conference that we're going to be attending oh, yeah. in April?
0: Yeah. Oh, I've bagged going. I have to pound myself on the head because I, I was supposed to bring that up too. April twentieth through the twenty second. You can you can find it at CoachDaveLive.com. dot uh, com. We had a conference here in Ohio last year. I just tried it out. Called Occupy, interesting, right? Occupy till, till he comes. We had a conference here. I just brought in L A Marzulli and uh, and Russ Dizdar last spring. Just to see if, you know, if I could do it. And man, we, I thought we'd get a hundred. We had 250, 300 people packed out this little place and we had it. And I said, man, there are people out there that are hungry for the truth. And so I tried to set up what I called the little Midwest group, uh, the Hagmans and, and, and John Robertson and Paul Begley, who just, just across the border and, uh, 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 Mike Spalding. And then Russ Dizdar, who lives here, also in Ohio. And then I, I you know, I felt I felt so loyal to um, to L. A. Marzulli because he's been so good. So we invited L. A. to come. And and Mark Trump, if you guys have never heard Mark Trump, Mark Trump is a cyber sleuth, And brother. He'll tell you. You guys got to get him on the show, by the way, Doug. He'll tell you what's going on. And oh my goodness, I just when he opens up that cyber world and what's going on and what all, all that data. So we're having this April 20th through the 22nd in Canton, Ohio, home of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Occupy 2018 conference. Uh, go to CoachDaveLive.com. Doug and Joe will be there, and John will be there, and uh, uh, it'll be it'll be a great time. But we think my the theme of my life is that Doug Occupy. Right. Come on, man, boots on the ground. So we want to bring a good conference. But what we want to do with every one of our speakers is say, okay, now you got this information. Here's what you need to do with it. Because we think that the knowledge without the application is faith without works. And so what, uh, that's, what I, that's what I'm about, brother. I'm about raising up an army. I'm about raising up people. I'm about boots on the ground. Get out of your church. Let's go earnestly contend for the faith because the devil's kids are doing that. So uh, it, you'll be a blessed time if you come. We got room for about 350 people, and those tickets are, those tickets are going to go fast.
1: Oh boy, I will tell you something. I, I, I love that. That um, what would you call it? it, it just the uh, when you when you talk about 350 people, that is that that's just enough to to really be able to to, uh, to yep. fellowship with people. So yeah, uh, line up, get in early. Um wow, that's fantastic. I love that. Knowledge without application is faith without works.
0: I yes, love that. That's what it is, brother. Gotta take it to the streets. Love you guys. Appreciate you. I hear the music. Appreciate you having me. John, thanks for giving me the time. Eric the tech, thanks for doing a good job. We've not yet begun to fight, man. Let's 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 get in the game. God bless you guys. God thanks. bless you. Thank thanks, you so Coach. much.
2: We'll be right back. Stay tuned. <music> third and final hour on this Tuesday edition of the Hagman Report. We are joined by Stan Dale, and we have missed Stan the last few weeks. Thankfully, he is recovering from the flu and hopefully is all all on the other side of that. Uh, Stan, it's great to have you on.
3: Well, good to be back. Actually, the flu migrated to pneumonia.
2: Oh, yeah. How are you feeling?
3: Oh, a bit weak, but uh, climbing up the hill.
1: I, I don't think we've had as many emails about any one specific guest than we have had about you uh many so many people worried about your health and uh um so just know that you're loved my goodness you're loved so thank Ed, you very much you guys
3: yeah well it was an interesting uh, thing i you never know but uh it was uh, a really really bad sickness and
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't want to disturb anybody there, um, even with an email, because I know when you're ill, it, it just, um, uh, but I, I, when you, when I heard about that, I was trying to figure out how did that happen and,
2: and, you know. You know, remember, wow. I had a, I had a rough cold about six, eight months ago yeah. that kind of got into my ear. And, yeah. uh, I've never had that happen before, but I definitely know that that can happen. And Stan, you uh, thank Holly because she was keeping yeah,
3: many people updated up. with,
2: uh, email updates.
3: Oh, was she? All right. Uh, thanks, Holly. They said for keeping everybody updated on the condition here. She just smiled and said and waved. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's a good thing she didn't get this, uh, but uh, she's kept me afloat here. Been a really good nurse.
1: Well, that's great. Well, Isn't it, Our our wives are the greatest, really. I mean, uh, you know, we were just talking with Coach Dave Dobmeyer and his wife and, and, of course, my wife and your wife. I mean, it's such great ladies. Um, Wow, well, that's great.
3: Okay, you know, I I wasn't uh, listening to the last hour with the coach, but uh, my partner Tim just emailed me and said, "Look, uh, tell the guys that uh, amen to what the coach said." So I don't know what that means, but there you go.
1: <laughs> okay, well, thanks. All right. So, yeah, so where do we start after your absence? Um, you want to start? Uh, if you look at the show on. images
3: page. There are probably a few topics.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> um, a lot up there, Stan.
3: Yeah, you know, I, oh boy, it's just, um, let's see, let's start with uh, probably something that's kind of uppermost in your mind and and people over in your part of the country about the weather and this uh, snow bomb.
2: Yeah, Uh, it's been Uh, a while since we talked to you, Stan. We've had, I don't know, almost 100 inches of snow since December 24th, bringing our winter total up to 132 inches when an average winter for us is about 40, 42 inches. And that was uh, something else, having that much snow drop all at once, uh, close well, to 80 Well, when you
3: measure it in feet, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Well, on images 67 through 69, I have uh, a couple of satellite images. Uh, well, actually, they're all satellite images showing. Um, first of all, in image 67, um about the snow and ice that's been deposited over the Great Lakes, the satellite picked it up. It's a really large photo. But you'll notice in that photo... That they've got blue and green tinges over the top of the ice. Uh, and that's showing the ice separate from the white clouds. So you can see in between the Great Lakes, boy, there's tons of ice around the sides of them. Uh, huge deposit there, just huge. Really impressive. Um, in fact, if you, uh, I think you can link to that and read about it in the, the text underneath that. Go to that site and see more images and an explanation of how they got this, uh, Colored image from the satellite taking that uh, that shot. Um, and then just before the storm hit you guys, uh, the, the satellite photograph in image 68 shows the kind of cyclonic spin of the ice thing that blocked the uh, jet stream and pushed it down over the New England states. It was such a beautiful picture. I put it up there just to show you uh, how nice it looked before it clobbered.
2: You. <laughs> kind of a to do but anyway it's a nice nice image well Stan I, that was um I think that's the image of that what they called that bomb cyclone that just yeah. came through uh, you know uh what was it the last week and we yeah. actually we got done with the snow before that hit but that uh did that have the effects that the I didn't follow it too closely did that have the effects that the meteorologist and storm predictors were, were calling for you know I know it had a lot of snow and in the northeast, but they, it seems that they just keep hyping these storms. No, that had a massive effect on
1: the lake. Oh, it had a
3: massive effect. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lake Michigan froze over right, you know, in the spillways, you can see the ice hanging over the side. There's just no flow into the lake. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's something to read about. Um, in image 69, there's something else to look at too. You click on that. It shows a thermal map of the United States and Canada, uh, right now showing the, the difference in land temperatures. Um, and you'll notice that you guys over on the north and uh, mm, up in the Canada Northeast and mid-north of the United States all extremely cold, deviating as much as 15 degrees lower than the average temperature. But on the western side, over near the Rockies and where we are and stuff, our temperature is about 15 degrees C higher than the average. Now, that's a, a, a recipe for big storms. And if it doesn't change, I think we'll see some more of these extraordinary things in the next few weeks. If you look at that map, you'll see what I'm talking about. I mean, today it was like uh, 70 degrees or so outside. Uh, Interesting. All you guys are freezing at at 70 degrees. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, you know, Stan, what's interesting about this image is what's up with Alaska? Why is Alaska so warm?
3: Uh, All I can think of is that the the jet stream is deviating uh, inward from Alaska, the Alaska there, and going down through Canada and over to the to the southeast of uh, uh, you know the continent. Um, it is strange, I, I grant you that, but uh, uh, that has to do a lot with the jet stream. And the jet stream is just really unstable at the moment. It's been doing things for several weeks, months now that I've been I think it was quite weird little loops and filaments that formed, and then, you know, superstorms, and so, you know, they say, okay, it's because um, of the warming of the planet, you know, now, global warming has a bad, you know, connotation, just those words, but we know that the Earth periodically goes through disastrous climate changes, which are linked not to human activity as much as to the sun and its activity. And we've been seeing in this quiet, you know, in quotes, air quotes, this quiet stage of the sun, we've been seeing coronal holes and coronal mass ejections and stuff affecting us directly in our magnetic field and our uh, Earth temperatures. So I think that this is definitely what I've been predicting for years now, a, a development of extremes in the weather, just huge extremes in hot and cold, which is a way to generate Cyclones, uh hurricanes, you know, everything like that from these tremendously disparate uh, temperatures over the sea and over the land. We're seeing it happen now, and it's not over yet.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, you talked about the um, ice cover. We're actually getting a, a little bit of, of a warm-up back into the 30s and 40s this week, but it, the cold is, uh, it, it's incredible how cold it was not only here but throughout much of, uh, the country the last few weeks where you had even parts of Florida Tallahassee got their first measurable snowfall in twenty eight years you had snow throughout uh, Florida and Georgia and ice storms and whatnot it was uh, really rough i even over the uh, new year break, I texted a friend of mine who was in Florida in Orlando area and they said it was thirty four degrees and I think it was around noon one o'clock I texted him and it's uh it's amazing, but you see the you know the the same talking points coming out in the on the talk shows oh it's global warming and this and that and um but no it is something to watch um and especially against and here where we had that massive snow two-day snowstorm of 65 inches it's um after a few mild winters i gotta say this is definitely a punch right back into that cold arctic type tundra winter that we're used to
3: well you know um the um i, I used the big wobble uh dot org uh weather and uh other type disasters disaster site. It's a very good source, actually, and if you click on the number of the images I've got, you'll go over to the Big Wobble site. Uh, there's one, uh, let's see, what image number is that? Uh, image number 55, uh, and that shows a picture there you'll see of Lake Michigan frozen over. I was telling you about but the article says. The longest cold snap in more than 80 years around Chicago area. It's likely to end today with another drop in temperature expected by Thursday night this week. Now that, you know, you know how cold Chicago is, the wind coming in off the lake. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is, this is disastrous. And it's not the end of it. I mean, that's just uh, cold temperatures you're looking at there. We've got other things happening like uh, temperature increases. In fact, uh, as far as snow in weird places, the, um, uh, the Sahara Desert, I uh, had, um, oops, sorry, I just got kicked off on my show image site. Okay, come on, come back. Okay, anyway, in the Sahara Desert there, you'll see a picture of that in image image uh, 53. You see snow in the desert. Now, you know, normally uh, in that place there in Algeria, which is kind of the beginning of the Sahara, you you see hot temperatures, you know, scorching temperatures. Uh, like, you know, up in 110 to 120 degree Fahrenheit. But here we have snow. And this, this is astounding. Um, and then you, you look over at the next picture in 54, uh, you see that, uh, uh, that, uh, lightning strikes are, were hitting Sydney, knocking out power. And the temperatures were approaching 117 degrees That's Fahrenheit. Scary. It was melting the tar in the roads there. It just, Man. you know, it, it, the mind just boggles. And in image 58, you see thousands of these little flying fox, or, you know, bats, babies, died after temperatures reached uh, uh, 47 degrees C, which is probably around uh, about 114 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. Now, these these things are in, in complete opposition to these cold disasters we're seeing. It just reinforces what I've been warning about. We're, we're seeing tremendous, you know, in the temperatures across the planet, and water supplies and things like that, you know, places are drying up. Yeah, uh, just.
1: It's it, amazing.
3: Yeah, just like those images. They were from about fifty-eight to fifty-seven, at least. Those they'll take you over to that wobble uh, dot wobble dot uh, org site, which I find very uh, efficient and uh, you know a good source of information on, on what we're uh, going through. It's a good place to, you know, to drop in daily, I think, just to see what they've got. It's really amazing. And you you can see through images like, you know, 59 and 60, where, you know, you've got New Mexico or Gulf of Mexico and Florida under freeze warnings. That's the Gulf of Mexico because of that blast of air that came from the the solar wind dropping down that far, which is just incredible. And over in Kenya, uh, they're looking at above 104 degrees temperatures, going to run for several days maybe in a week next month uh, they're already predicting that and uh, you know people can't survive and it's so humid over in that area I think it's probably well. going to even move over toward India and uh, Indonesia as far as I can see on the map so get ready hmm.
1: guys so so in, in the long term what does this tell I, I, what, how, what does this tell us how do you read this um, well uh, I mean, as, as
3: I said before, we're going to undergo climatic change due to changes in the sun. The sun is not as stable as you know the media would give you. Uh, uh, you know, will give you the impression because um, they base the age of the sun on the speed of light and the age of the universe, decides for being 15 billion years. And our, our sun will go, uh, you know, red giant in oh another five billion years. So don't worry about it. But when you adjust the timing of the age of the universe due to the speed of light, which we can calculate back to the Big Bang, we know that the age of the universe is greatly condensed down to tens of thousands, maybe a hundred thousand years or so, by this this curve that you can generate. Um, and if that's the case, our sun may be kind of playing with the idea of throwing off a shell, you know, the outer shell of it, blasting this the debris out through our solar system and out beyond and this can when it happens it can happen in 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 days i mean i recorded one that was on the the nasa imagery i think it was from the hubble telescope which showed the same kind of thing happening in a distant star system where it blew off a shell and it went out throughout the entire um, the stellar you know orbits of all the planets there in that system within a matter of weeks it just cleaned house so when I see our sun misbehaving like this, it does give me pause. Thinking, okay, we we know since 1992 there have been at least two new ultraviolet frequencies coming out of the sun, telling us that the the nuclear chemistry that we thought we knew about the sun is not quite the same because it's producing things now that it shouldn't, and it's gotten worse since 1992. Other things have been happening. Um, I, you know, I know the Russian said this back in oh gosh. The 70s, uh, maybe the early 80s that the sun has consumed half of its hydrogen supply so it's on the downside of consuming this uh, fission reaction, uh, fission fusion reaction and going to go to a full fusion reaction uh, with a helium reaction uh, when it changes so when I look at biblical prophecy about a cloud enveloping the sun and blocking the light where did that cloud come from? Did it drift in from outer space or did it uh, form around the whole sun because of these state changes, and then it says the sun, the light of the sun will be, um, you know, seven times brighter in the daytime for a period of time, Now that might be an hour, it might be weeks, but uh, if you look at the, what that means, it could only be a few minutes or an hour or so like that, because otherwise it would burn the whole planet. The prophecies also say that, that when the sun goes bright like that, that one-third of earth's surface will be burned. Now, that's because we know that at any point in time, one-third of the surface area of the planet facing the sun is uh, getting light from the sun. So that does tell us that it might be an instantaneous type thing or very rapid in minutes or or, or hours type thing that fries that side of the planet and changes the weather for the whole planet for sure after that. Uh, So these things tell us to watch the sun. And our, our, our... incredible climate change now tells me that the sun is definitely not doing what it should be doing as far as we would like anyway
2: Stan what's going on with Mount St. Helen I heard some some things on the radio yesterday I see something up on your site there was an earthquake there has there been any smoke or, or other a- indications that Mount St. Helen will go active again?
3: Well so far nothing like we saw when it first went uh, you know Several years ago, in the the great eruption, Uh, it does bear watching because not only they had a 3.9 quake there just recently, uh, they have had a number of aftershocks. It's been 38 years since it blew up, believe it or not. Time flies, but um, the quakes form.
2: Uh, what was there an earthquake around outside of San Francisco? I think last week a, a three point seven or a four point one. And yeah. I've been trying to keep track of these things, but um, yes, yeah, I guess since the last time you were on stand I haven't really looked at the earthquake map. But I did well, see that St. Helens thing, and that got my attention.
3: Understandably, um, I'll just do a quick check here. For- Not too much activity.
2: And Stan on that map, um, what are the settings for the jet stream? Is it just the the air and wind overlay?
3: It's air and wind, and then at the height, at height you go to two hundred and fifty, you see that option there.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: And use the Got E it. projection at the, down there instead of the O, use the, the E which gives you a flat rectangular projection.
2: And ah, you can okay. see the
3: whole jet stream and what it's up to.
2: Yeah, okay. Interesting.
3: Mm. I'd say with this uh, this uh, jet stream deviation like it is, that it'll probably be a week or two, but I can see here on the mm, upper left of the diagram that in the uh, northwest Pacific, that it's dropping down there and very fast, uh, rapidly flowing. So That's where those mudslides
2: and rain in California are.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, hey, Holly, how many people have died so far in the mudslides? 13. Thirteen people dead now.
2: It's going to rise, too.
3: Oh yeah! Oh, definitely.
1: That would be a horrible way to die. By the way, I mean, yeah.
2: oh, drowning in yeah. mud.
3: I know. California is. You know, I, I'm concerned when you start seeing the mudslides. You've got uh, water intrusion in various places and uh, tremors. Uh, are we starting to see the front edge of more severe seismic activity in Colorado in California? I don't know.
2: Yeah, that's uh, a good point. Hmm.
3: Yeah. Wow. Anyway, that's that's the, the null no wind thing. <clears throat> Did, Interesting does, enough.
1: If, before we leave this topic, I'm just curious. Um, can we pre- not predict? Well, I guess predict would be the word. Um, what the summer will look like, based on what we are seeing now, does that make sense? That, that question. Yeah,
3: it does make sense, and. It would be kind of a shot in the dark. But I'd say that looking at what's happening to Australia, that we're going to see the same thing when comes our time for summer.
1: And, and that, that that kind of was where I was going with that question because uh, the extremes. It, yeah. Just just seeing the extremes here in the winter. Um, and, and then, we, yeah, okay, wow. Oh,
3: yeah, uh, you can be forgiven for thinking global warming. Are you kidding? 65 inches of snow? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, but it is fine. But but, it's, but, but it, it's the sun, though. Yeah, I mean the bottom line is, um, it's not just global warming; it's solar system warm warming.
3: Yeah, right. Definitely. Yeah. When other planets are experiencing warming uh, temperatures, it's not due to uh, you know a human or animal occupation or you know metabolic right. systems. It's it's definitely from the sun. Uh, there may be other factors uh, as far as galactic factors. I don't know that, but definitely we can pin a lot of this on the sun the majority of it
1: I'm going to cancel my order for the Pri- Prius then
3: <laughs> <Never mind. laughs> Kidding, uh, of course hey uh, I'm looking at uh, image 63 it's a short video a news thing which you can look at later but um, it was telling about the melting roads in Australia and giving some video of that but one of the things I found interesting was in the New England states offshore they had three sharks that were frozen in the sea can you believe that
2: that's crazy.
3: And in image 62, we've got a map there showing the 2017 hurricane season uh, for the United States and, you know, obviously the Atlantic, the North Atlantic. But when you look at that, this is impressive. Um, it's been uh, uh, since 1936 since we had that many named storms. It's the fifth most active uh, season ever since they've been recording it. If you look at those paths of those uh, hurricanes, you'll remember a lot of the damage we we incurred. And with this increase in in temperature disparity, what's our two thousand eighteen season going to look like?
2: Hmm. Uh, you know, we those wow. seem to come in cycles. You have. I remember during this last season, we were. I was looking at, you know, the major storms that made landfall throughout the last ten twenty years. And we had a few years um, since 2005 where you had uh, a number of name stores hit uh, the U.S., and then we had that drought for so long, and then we had the year we had last year, which was just crazy. So, you know, it's really, in my mind, who knows, we could have a continuation of the season we did last year or we could go back to, uh, you know, the the drought that we had where I think it was 10 years without a major hurricane making landfall.
3: Well, we could but uh, looking at the temperature forecast for uh, north africa uh, which we talked about just uh, you know a few minutes ago uh if that and that's forecasting next month temperature rises if it continues over north africa like that uh that's the heat engine that drives you know the the hurricane birthing season over on the west coast of uh, north coast of africa
2: Stan, I want to get your opinion. Uh, one thing that's fallen out of the mainstream news is what has been happening in Iran. And I know you have some... And Saudi Arabia, too, if I can chime in there, because,
1: boy, you called that right. But
2: go ahead. Yeah, we know that there's, we have you have some uh, on your show. And we just page some uh, stuff about the oil pipelines but the the protests that have been ongoing in Iran haven't stopped even though the media really in the US has slowed down its coverage of what's going on um any thoughts on on what what we can expect to see from Iran
3: well Iran has a very brilliant um tactician at the head of the Quds forces you know General Soleimani and he's made it clear i mean Quds Q O D S means the Jerusalem force; they're heading over toward Jerusalem. They want to take Jerusalem. That's the objective. Um, now, this is what I don't understand. In image seventy, you'll see, and in seventy-one, where Israel is uh, negotiating a bi-directional oil pipeline share with Iran. Now, Israel is sharing oil back and forth with Iran under these new pipelines. Now, um, when the oh the UN sanctions or something hit. Uh, 10-15 years ago the pipeline was uh, chopped in the middle it, it uh, goes from uh, Haifa from a pipeline it that, that, uh, comes up from Elad up to Ashkelon uh, that pipeline was broken between Haifa and uh, Kirkuk which is you know just to the uh, few miles to the west of the uh, Iranian border now that was how they were pumping uh, at that time oil over to Iran or getting Iran to pump oil to them it was through a single pipeline. Now they're proposing a dual pipeline, so it can run in both directions at the same time. And um, the judgment at the UN uh, was that Israel owes 1.1 billion dollars to Iran for oil it received and didn't pay for it at that time. Um, here we have Iran, stated enemy of Israel, been putting uh, missile, you know, construction over into uh, the Lebanon into Syria. Sorry. Um, and moving into Lebanon with that. Uh, But we have the Saudis pushing on Iran saying don't help, uh, sorry, uh, the Saudis pushing on Lebanon to not help Iran with the missiles against uh, Israel. So the Arabs in the Saudi camp are against the uh, Iranian group, which is pretty limited but still very powerful with Russian backing. So what is going to happen? um, Look, I expect to open up the news every morning with Nuclear detonations, tactical ones perhaps, in the Middle East happening. And you got to watch the Saudis. They are definitely a, a principal player in when this is going to happen. Um, of course, the Palestinians are saying there will be no peace arrangements between Israel and the Palestinians because of the Trump move to, to have the embassy moved down to Jerusalem. So they're saying we won't sit at a peace table. Yet the Arabs or the Saudi Arabs group say, yes, there will be, we have a plan to settle the the, the wants, uh, you know, the claims of the Palestinians and still get a peace treaty between the 34 major Arab uh, nations and the Palestinians and Israel. Now, it's been a three-point negotiation with uh, the uh, Israelis, the Americans, the Arabs, uh, you know, including Egypt, to try to get this peace treaty done. Now, all behind the scenes stuff, so you're not seeing much in mainstream press yet. But at any tick of the clock, this may happen. Now, as I've said many times before, we've got a young prince, not a king, Prince Mohammed bin Salman, and he's a driver in this, trying to negotiate this peace treaty or agreement between Israel and the surrounding Arab nations, which are numerous. If that happens, and he endorses or ratifies that treaty, I think it's very, very strong possibility he is the Antichrist. We're expecting for this age. There's so many other factors that point to him, it's not even funny. Um, in fact, yeah, if you're on that show images page, go down to, uh, uh, slide, uh, 66 and click on the picture. Okay. Now, uh, one of your, uh, listeners and his wife, uh, Adam and Christina, uh, I won't give their last name just for their, their protection, but, uh, he rang me over the weekend and he says you've got to look at this and he says you remember when Mohammed bin Salman bought that uh, Salvador Mundi picture uh, $430 million or whatever in his hand he had a glass ball with three little lights in it he said now if you look at the the uh, uh, Neo N-E-O-M website that Prince bin Salman has had put up he put this up before he bought that Salvador uh, painting, and the, the about oh, about halfway through the the principal image there for where the eyeball, as you click on it on their site, you'll see this hand rise up with a silver with a, a clear crystal ball like this. And if you look at it in close up, you can see three lights in it as well. And then if you look over at the art at the picture on the right, you see a picture which we've seen many months ago, but. Trump and King Salman, uh, MBS's father, uh, and another chap, uh, all putting their hands on a white globe. It's not clear, but it's a globe illuminating the world from within. Now, there has to be some kind of a connection in all this uh, where young Prince Salman is taking Saudi Arabia. Um, The light of the world... uh, I've even thought that that name Neo, which Mohammed bin Salman said, oh, that just means Neo, new, M, for the name, you know, of a new direction. But it also might stand in his mind for new Muhammad, you know, like pointing himself, Chief Mohammed. Um, there's just so many things pointing to this guy as being a bad dude. It's not funny. You know, and, there's, and a, you, yeah.
2: No, go ahead, Sam. You
3: no, know, that guy, the other guy in the picture is Al Sisi from Egypt. I was
2: telling you that was part of the thing. Sorry, what were you going to say, Joe? You know, there's a lot of speculation with what is going on in Saudi Arabia and with Saudi Arabia's anti-corruption uh, sweep that it has some kind of implications to corruption in D.C. here in the U.S., and uh, obviously that that's yet to be seen. But the uh, concerns about the, the possible antichrist, um, I, I find that very interesting. And in, in this crystal ball picture wasn't this the Leonardo da Vinci painting that they bought yes. for? Okay,
3: yeah, he and, bought that after he uh, announced he was going to build Neo, and after they put up the website. But his fascination with that crystal ball thing—you know—for him to pay that, it must be a very important link to what he's going to do. Now, remember, Neo is going to be placed over the site of where the, the real Mount Sinai is, and where Moses and, and the The tribes all wandered around in there in that area during the the four years in the desert. He's going to place Neom right on top of that. And for him to use a picture of the Christ with that crystal ball, you know, announcing this Neom city, it's almost like a a slap in the face to Jesus. Do you see what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, he's he's a Muslim. He doesn't believe. Uh, that Jesus is the Savior and the Son of God. So, what else? What other reasons would he be um, interested
1: this is
3: in that play painting? Playing an important part. I mean, you just don't pay four hundred thirty million dollars for a painting unless it has a, a real big use in what you're planning.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know that would go for most people stand, but these people with these trillions of dollars, these Saudi princes with billions and trillions of dollars, I don't know. But I would, I definitely. uh Agree with with your analysis of this, because um, I would have never even put that the crystal ball things uh, together.
3: Well, um, I didn't similarity. until I got that phone call this weekend, you know, from Adam, and uh, I looked, I listened to him. I thought, "Holy cow, he's right!" You know, so you know it takes all of us as a family working together to get to the, the pieces of the puzzle together. But this is just another one that we need to kind of have a look at.
2: Yeah yeah and it's um we're just getting started with uh you know this reign of mohammed bin Solomon in saudi arabia and we've already seen such drastic changes uh in policy and in and in, in the in the attitude of the country so i think we're just at the beginning and, of those And changes. the timing of donald trump's visit there yeah th- that's well, didn't he visit there first yes the, it was uh saudi arabia jerusalem and then rome if i remember right
3: yeah yeah well you know um there's just a lot of things happening over in in israel that uh, well in the whole middle east for that matter that are just bringing prophecy and, and biblical history to life um in in uh, in uh image fifty two on my show images page it's a link to about a five minute video which was made uh, uh several months back i think in two thousand seventeen but uh I just got a hold of it and uh, put the, the video on my website because it is showing, uh, it's got a woman archaeologist there in Israel who is in charge of the digs of the old city of David. Now that is where, you know, I. it's not up on the Temple Mount, but it's where city of David was, was, was Jerusalem. Not up on the Temple Mount, not where the center of Jerusalem is today on the map. And they've been uncovering layers and layers of burial real rocks and burn stuff put over the city of David digging down in and opening up you know chambers
2: i don't know what was hmm. going on the uh audio sounded kind of we said the video of of something and that was a little garbled
3: yeah what the, the video on that
2: no your your audio
3: your was last coming
1: sentence, in yeah. a little garbled there
3: oh sorry i don't know i haven't done anything moved or changed anything here it was it, we're over the phone connection so there's not much i can do to that
1: yeah no worries we we got the gist of it You would think the faith of people would increase by this knowledge and this verification. Um, I, I, what would you call this? The historical verification of the of the Bible, I suppose. Right.
3: I mean, absolutely.
1: I don't, uh, you had mentioned, uh, to my to my memory, you had mentioned it, but it was, I, I think it was toward the end. Uh, no, th- to answer your question, I don't believe we got into that discussion. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure too. either.
3: I wanted to show you in images 46 through 48, I was analyzing the floor of the Yungoro Crater, which was There, but had never paid much attention to it. And then I started, uh, if you'll go back to uh, image 49 now, or 47, sorry, 47. Um, and this is a raised area, um, I forget the name of it, or something like that uh, uh, dome. And it's a raised area, um, about 245 acres, about 7 uh, tenths of a mile in diameter. Now, when I looked at this, I realized it was a very uniform raised area, which could have been formed from natural resources, you know, natural actions, but it was a perfect place to be seen from within the Ngoro crater from most of the, the, the corners of it because it raised up enough that you could see this area. Now, I thought back to God saying to Adam and Eve, now of these two trees here, don't eat of the fruit, you know, don't, don't uh, violate that. And it would have been something that stood out in the landscape, saying, over there, that's where the trees are. Do not go there and, and eat of the fruit. Now, I looked at that, and I started to do analysis of the the contours, just to see what it was like. So you go to slide 48, and you see here that you're looking down on that that hill, and you see where tree one could have been from the altitude, and tree two from its altitude. And water flowed down from this... this uh, circular, you know, uprising, the circular mound, down to the left where the blue arrow is, and made a stream that flowed into the garden itself. Now, um, this wasn't the, the the river that, of course, split into four great rivers, but this was watering inside the valley floor from uh, sources that could have been from the uh, upper ridge, you know, which is to the north of this area here. Uh, now, let's go back over to that thing and go to... Um, Uh, Let's see, slide 43, I think it is. There we go. Oh, come on. Oh, goodness gracious. Sometimes this thing gives me a little bit of irritation. Uh, Okay, let's go down to slide 43. Now, slide 43 is part of what I was telling you just a few sentences ago about the river comes forth you know, from the land of Eden up. And you'll see that in the pink it says to come to come out, to come forth, not to flow out, to come out. Um, which it also means to, what comes forth from the field. And then it's the source of a river rises. In Deuteronomy, they use that same uh, texture. These are the, the, uh, the pieces of the Hebrew that we looked at to see that it actually did come up out of as a source of a river. But it was a, a describing... Uh, a, a geyser, a super geyser. So anyway, if you want to look at that later and chase it up, you can, but that uh,
1: tells us that. Okay. So so it, that gives us the, envir- the environment of really the Garden of Eden. Um, yeah. That's okay.
3: Now go to slide 44, the next to that, and you'll see that um, I've uh, zoomed in a bit on, on uh, Google Earth to show you that 20-acre uh, geyser basin, where the Four Rivers came from. Now, you'll see that light green area, that's the 20-acre area there, there are still little um, geyser-type things or, or, or fountains that, that flow in that area. But but uh, when it was really active, it blew up water incredibly, just a huge amount, and that's about 9,500 feet in altitude, which once the water accumulated there and then filled that basin and then flowed off the sides of the, the uh, Garden of Eden uh, structure. Uh, the northern part of it here, it, you can see in the top of the image where it chewed a hole through the, the mountainside there and down, and that formed three of the great rivers of, uh, that came from Eden and went around three different lands. The other one went south of there and uh, went off uh, to the lower right to form uh, you know, the, the, the closest uh, surround around Madagascar, which at the time was, uh, I think, uh, the land of gold, uh, which Solomon did track down later. Um, and looking now then closer at image 45, you can see the little uh, marks inside that geyser basin where there are uh, the water holes and uh, dwellings and things there now today to take advantage of some of the water that comes up. These are pretty uh, current uh, images. I think this is from 2017 this year from the Airbus photographs.
2: Yeah. Very interesting.
3: Yes. Um, actually, um, I've got a young couple that contacted me, some of your listeners, um, that are um, very interested in the Garden of Eden, and we got to talking. And I found out that they were in the jewelry business, and I said, hey, you know, I'm working with a guy down there with uh, Pindale, uh, uh Amos, of Elgontour, Tours. you uh, can see him and his wife in, in slide 51. I'm working with them about getting some of the red d- dust, out of the Garden of Eden and being able to put in little vials for people to, to have a witness with. Um, we're still clearing the uh, with the N'Goro Conservancy to get permission to get two pounds of that dirt back over here so that we can do it because normally they will not allow anything from inside the, the Garden of Eden crater there to be taken out and shipped overseas or anything.
1: discussions going. I mean you you talk about a party pleaser there. That 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 will get discussion going. Yeah, I guess not. Now, now, how about your EMP protectors? If I if I can bring that up, uh, um, your the production on on your EMP uh, protection devices yes, for yes. homes and businesses.
3: Right. Well, um, we, it's taken us this long to get the new factory uh, leased and start putting in.
1: I would urge North everyone to do
3: that. Uh, look at North Korea. I mean, you know, if you look.
1: Indeed, and uh, I, I want to say thank you so much for being able to, or for being uh, generous to our listeners. That is a a fantastic offer. In fact, just go to HagmanReport.com, and on the right you can see it if you're if you're watching this live on YouTube, you, you can see where Eric is pointing out the uh, the exact link to the MP Shield. So uh, do that, and uh, as Stan says, do it get it while you can because. Uh, I, I do have a feeling that demand's going to just skyrocket, especially in the in the coming days.
3: Yeah, I'll tell you what; it hasn't been without uh, trials. Uh, uh, you know, Tim got sick and had to be hospitalized about a month ago, and is recovering mm-hmm. from that now pretty well. But he's our driving force over to the factory, getting everything organized. And and then I got the pneumonia and slowed me down for the last week and a half to yeah, you know, about ten days, I guess. Um,
1: so. Uh, you're, you're both working too hard. I, I mean, it's I, – I can't uh, – you know, people talk about our schedule. I can't imagine your schedule.
2: My
3: goodness. Yeah, it's been interesting, as they say in China, interesting year. <laughs> uh, um, mm. Yeah, but anyway, that's uh, – I've been contacting a few of your listeners that had, uh expressed an interest in getting one of these units in the first 500, and I, I just hadn't had time to get back to all of them and say, look, okay, you, they wanted to be notified when it was ready. So I'm doing that now piece by piece to to uh, catch them up, and uh, so they will be uh, alerted in the next two days if they haven't been listening to the program today. Um, Okay, fantastic. We only have about two
1: minutes left, Stan. We only have about two minutes left. Okay, well, just
3: quickly, image 72 um, is a link to uh, NASA, to the Jupiter galleries, and uh, some very nice pictures, I mean brilliant color, um, close to Jupiter's surface showing the blue tinges and the atmospheric conditions over these various swirls that you see there. And if you go to that site, um, which I'm trying to get up now, a lot of people are looking at it, it has about six or seven images in different places around Jupiter with these new images that they take every 53 days with the current um, satellite going around it. Um, And uh, that, that picture there that I take you to, there takes you to about... One, two, three, yeah, four, five, six of them. And uh, to Europa as well. But anyway, just uh, a new update on some of the imagery coming into NASA from the planet Jupiter. It, uh, it's beautiful, actually, the, the blue haze and stuff over these uh, areas there where the swirls are. It's not like the, grid, the great red spot and stuff like that. It's uh, uh, a yeah. nicer, closer up type uh, looks at the storms that are occurring in the atmosphere there. Anyway, that's that's the last of those things
1: I've got there to talk about today I think if I missed anything guys man you did it Stan you actually you actually took us uh, here within 60 seconds of the close of our program unbelievable material and you didn't waste any time at all to uh, you covered a lot of ground and we really appreciate that and again I just just want to make sure our listeners I mean make sure you know that our listeners and, and we of course have been praying for you and and uh, and holly as well because man you know I, i'm glad you're you're recovered thank, thank you
3: him, guys you know, well i'm still on the road but uh yeah it, it's good and i'd appreciate the prayers and so does holly we're getting there
1: well, it's good it's good to have you back yes and, it is and it's, now it feels like a tuesday <laughs> <laughs>
3: all right well happy tuesday guys
1: all right. Thank you, Stan. And God bless you, Holly. And to the four-legged friends over there at the Dale household. All right. That'll do it for us tonight. Good night, Stan. Um, that'll do it for us tonight. What a great program. What a, what a fanti- seriously. It was so great to have Stan back. And of course, Coach Dave Bobmeyer. What a fantastic, uh, just a, just a great show. And thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you so much for supporting us and for keeping us in. Um, in business, and uh, you know, we're not going to squander that trust at any time. We really appreciate everything that you do. May God bless each and every one of you. Stay safe, and tomorrow, we're going to be back, 9 o'clock, Doug Hagman Radio Show at 2 o'clock, John and Joe, and then of course, our flagship show at 7 o'clock. God bless.